into the ground. We're back. Another week. Another great guest for you. Kicking off the new year, we got creator, comedian, fellow podcaster. If you follow this podcast, you probably the algorithm has probably served you his videos. We got Jacob Givens on the pod. One of my better intros, I feel, not to pat Yo, myself on the honestly, back too hard. Thank you. <laughs> it's Excellent. it's kind of this like long running gag that I kind of like fuck it up in the last the last no, moment. Like, no, not kind of. <laughs> like you seriously do, but you've been nailing the past few. <laughs> you know, I've I been, think I've been speaking I think like into a 60 mirror. Sixty episodes in, we're like really hitting. <laughs> we're that finally stride. hitting our stride. <laughs> I love it. When did you guys start the show? How long has it been on? March first. Uh, yeah, March twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. Okay, so this yeah. is a, this is a, this is just getting off the ground. Oh yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. we're we're st- we're infants right now. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm gonna talk any day now. Yeah, <laughs> but it's uh, it's it's been. You know, it's fun. I mean, as someone, you know, you you appreciate music. Obviously, you've built a, a nice little yes. cottage industry around it. Uh, it's fun to talk about it. But yeah, we've, we've yeah. been at it for a minute, and I feel like, yeah, I think we're finally hitting our stride. We're finally getting there. But yeah, I love so... It. Oh, go on. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, I, you know, my podcast is me mostly by myself. I'm starting to get more guests on the show, but it is... I love that you guys have the two of you to bounce each other, you know, bounce off of each other, because that makes all the difference, because you can really get down a tangent, or you can dig right. into some territory. So I'm hoping that I get to a place, but for the most part, I'm. it's just me, like, talking to the camera, and it's like, yeah. uh, when I first started doing this show... Do you go- do you go into that with like an outline or something? You're like, okay, I, I got to hit all these things. I try to at least refresh my memory before I'm going to tackle an album and I like get a couple things lined up, but it is so stream of consciousness. And the guy, uh, Josh, who helped me produce over at the studio, he, after the first one recorded, he was like, how do you stop speaking with never taking breaks <laughs> ever? <laughs> he was so, he was surprised. And I was like, well, that I think that's comes from my like actor improv comedy background it's mm, just having sense. to having to carry a room along for a long period of time so yeah no, that makes a lot of sense but yeah it's it's yeah. it is nice to have someone to bounce off and also we over talk each other all the time and then also yeah. over talk our guests all the time which is <laughs> so even having a third person in we're just railroading everybody so i it's love 100%. it i love it i love it that's great well happy this new year guys yeah, happy absolutely. new year 2023 insane and yeah. the year flew by I, we could do a little year-end wrap-up i think sure. uh how was everyone's year i guess would be a good way to, to to start it out you know what i would say i would say the good outshine the bad but i'm still gonna give it a c plus oh interesting like okay. of a year what about you if I can be honest i'd agree with the good outshine the bad i feel like every year since 2020 has been a step up yeah and this for sure. was definitely the most dramatic step up this year from over last big time um i might give it a b minus but i uh i thought it was a good year i had a you know a lot of things started lining up and i had that sense of normalcy returning more and more and more and that felt really nice big time so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I might give it a, an, a B plus, A minus, maybe. It was Ooh, A minus, man. might be pushing it, but it was it was a good year. Yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of cool work, a lot of new referral jobs. Uh, Jacob, I'm, I'm a photographer, and cool. a lot of my work is is via referrals. And every time I'd get referred to somebody new, the price would go up a little bit, and everyone was totally down. I think a lot of people during COVID left New York City, they left the industry, and yeah. there's been a lot of work to pick up, which has been awesome. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and then you know on top of that the you know the podcast has been good it's been a lot of fun we've talked to a lot of like our musical heroes which has been 
pretty wild. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. and we make a shit ton of money. From oh, it. so much money in that like, Patreon you know, that doesn't exist yet. You know, the podcast game is just boom, baby. Mm, uh, so yeah. much greed. Yeah, that, I mean, that, uh, the Come Town guys make a shit ton of money. Yeah, that's like, true. <laughs> totally. You just so, have to hit a certain point, right? That's where. Yeah. That's where you can really make a living off. Yeah, this, but, but uh, no, I gotta say, I think the year is uh, mostly in the positives. I, I, I'm looking back on it pretty fondly, which has been nice. And uh, yeah, did you guys do? anything fun for for new year's eve no we did pretty low-key uh we usually travel my wife's family are all in the chicagoland area and okay. and uh then my parents a couple years ago moved away from here they were close by but we usually travel every holiday season to see family okay and we kind of put our foot down for the first time and i gotta tell you Staying local, especially with two small kids during the holidays, is uh, amazing because you yeah. don't have to go through the airports. And then also, everybody I knew had their flights canceled this uh, <laughs> sure. holiday season. Yeah. Everybody I knew. Yeah. I knew so many um, people that were like, I was flying southwest and now I live in Toledo, uh, you know? So <laughs> I gave up. Uh, yeah. Sell my old clothes. Yeah. I'm off to heaven. Yeah. yeah where, exactly. where, where are you potting from? Jacob, where, where are you based? I'm in I'm in Los Angeles area, the, okay. the Valley of Los Angeles, and uh, I'm currently uh, I'm podcasting from like 1423, as you can see from my background. I'll uh, say, yeah, uh, you're, yeah, you have a medieval tavern in your background <laughs> currently. It's very Rick and Morty. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We, uh, it's funny because right before we started doing the show, I, I pointed out to you guys, I was like, you, you ever see me show my medieval tavern? And what's so funny is I make tons of, uh, you know how the algorithm works? It's like, I'll make a video about bands and those will go everywhere. But my wife and I spent all this time making our garage into this medieval tavern and I made like one video on it and like nobody ever saw it because the algorithm is <laughs> like, what does this have to do with fucking yeah, yeah, bands, yeah. man? And Wait, so, uh, he didn't mention Trent Reznor once. This right? isn't fucking real. And it's funny, it's funny you mention that because I filmed my Nine Inch Nails closer reveal video in here. So like when in that in that video, when it starts getting weird and like kind of sexual and, and dommy, um, I had the I had the uh, uh, stuffed monkey like crucified over here on the wall. And I had I had guy liner on and I'm wearing black and I'm like hanging up from the rafters, you know, doing all this stuff. Oh, and I was I like, I was like, this is what the tavern is for is to reenact Trent oh, Reznor's yeah. twisted 90s kinky fantasy and that and that makes it like a tax write-off too right which is, totally. is what we love around here it's, it's yeah, yeah. the write-offs yeah <laughs> but we we built the tavern because long story short it was uh a height of a pandemic 2020 and um we had moved into this house and the garage, we're, we're just renting. I mean, that's the mm. funny thing is I don't even own this space. But we, uh, we moved in this, <laughs> we moved to this place during the pandemic, and the garage was so awkward. There's this giant beam. You couldn't get a car in. It was just dead space. It was yeah. like. It was like, there's no way to even use it. And we live in Southern California, so you don't have to have your car in a garage. The weather's nice enough. Mm -hmm. So we were like, um, my wife and I were about to celebrate our 20th anniversary, and the dream was to go wow. to, we were wanting to go to Scotland. That had been like, that's the plan. 20th anniversary, mm -hmm. we're going to Scotland. So as soon as we couldn't go, we were like, let's just turn the garage <laughs> 
<laughs> into like a Scottish tavern. So That's these so are funny. all these are all styrofoam uh, insulation that have carved grout lines, and it's laid into every single spot. We actually have a real sword over there that I got from the Renaissance Fair. We have a wagon wheel light. We have flags. We have all these curtains, and then I installed these really hidden Bluetooth speakers. So I come out here when I live stream, and I totally live stream the tavern. So I play like you know playlists and whatnot in this space. And then if you watch what we do in the shadows, that's my witch's hat right there that that, uh, that I wore for Halloween a couple oh years ago. Oh, my anyway, God. So lots that, of fun stuff. That's great. That's I mean, amazing. that's what the pandemic projects were for, right? Was, right, right. And, and also, made bread. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> back, uh, back to the travel thing, though. Like, if you're living in, in L.A., why why the hell would you want to go to Chicago in in December? Right, you know, right, that's the right. everyone can come to you. Like right. that sounds yeah, that sounds miserable. Flying to snowstorms and yeah. dealing with all that nonsense. Ugh. I know it's only because I think it's the so many larger groups of people over there and we're the the smaller. Yeah. But we did we did finally say, hey, um, that's it. We're staying. We're not yeah. going back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I mean Andrew's even talked about it. Just like when you travel with a kid. Oof. Every all yeah. er, all everything becomes exponentially more like oh, more stuff to bring. Very just, hard. Yeah, the flying uh, flying from from DC to LA earlier this year was oh. uh, I, I, never again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, terrible. Andrew, what, what, what did you get up to? You had a children's pizza party for New Year's. <laughs> that was your... I had a kid's pizza party. Yeah, I, you know, we have friends in the neighborhood um, who have a kid that's around the same age as ours. Um, and, a, and a good friend that I grew up with who lives here with her husband, um, they also have a kid that's around the same age. So nice. bought some pizza doughs, bought some cheese. We just made, you know, pizzas. I played a, a pizziolo, partially so I didn't have to talk to anybody. Like, I oh, could okay. just hang out in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm busy. Schlep pies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. don't bother me, kid. I'm, I'm, I'm a pizziolo. Um, but everybody you need, you was, need that on a shirt. Don't bother yeah, me, kid. Right? Don't pizziolo. bother me, kid. Look, uh, everybody was gone by 7.30. I'm fairly certain we were in bed by 9.30. I was saying, did you, did, was... you see, did you see midnight? No. Oh, my God. Absolutely not. I, I mean, that was kind of me last year. I... I had COVID last year and it was just yeah. like, I couldn't do anything. So like it was boring. I think I like literally was like playing video games and then like I saw like it was like 11, 4, 58 and I'm like, all right, let me give it two minutes and <laughs> ring in the so new funny. year. And then, and, uh, yeah, it would have been better if you didn't, you just gave up those last two minutes. Two yeah. Minutes. yeah. Just close your eyes. Yep, yep. Yep. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, this year was pretty interesting. I, I do a lot of work with, uh, friends of the pod Morrison hotel gallery. Oh. I think they have a, they have a spot off sunset in, in, uh, the hotel out there. Yeah, uh, that sounds the, familiar. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a fine art music photography gallery. Uh, they're one of my oldest clients in the city, uh, in their New York space. Amazing people, but they co-sponsor an event at the Roxy Hotel, okay. and uh, they had me photograph the New Year's Eve party, which was great, because I uh, there's awesome. been this nice trend lately of getting paid to party, which is awesome. Ooh, uh, I'm not even a party. big partier. Like, it takes yeah. everything for me to get out of the house to go was... to something that happens beyond 11 o'clock in the, at night, and uh, yeah. you know, getting paid to do it, is well, that'll get me out of the house. So Absolutely. I think that was an Andrew WK album, yeah, paid to party. Exactly. Paid to party, yeah, yeah, definitely. 
And have you many. done an Andrew WK video? I is that haven't. too late I, in the repertoire? No, no. And it, the interesting thing is, is I even though I do I do fixate on '90s, I'm still planning on getting into the you right. know the 2000s and even before. It's one of those things where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna hit all the heavy hitters from the teen years, you know, the ones that really like yeah. change the game. But Andrew WK is somebody that I got a, refu- a reference at some point in time. You know, a good bloody a good bloody nose yeah. TikTok is all I need. So. Yeah. So and about part. Yeah. So uh, what was cool, though, Morrison Hotel uh, donated or, you know, lended a bunch of Chris Stein photographs uh, to hang around the hotel, which is awesome. And uh, here's where it got a little crazy. They had a band playing. And uh, in the band was Abel Ferrara, the director, <laughs> who wow. did like Driller Killer, and uh, you know he did um, Bad Lieutenant. Like wow! So he was up there fucking shredding on the guitar and like playing the harmonica, and then uh, Jim Jarmish was there. <laughs> awesome! So I was I had a nice little conversation with Jim Jarmish, which was awesome. Uh, Legend. Yeah, very much a, a New York evening for sure. Yeah, no uh, kidding. But what was great was uh, like one o'clock came and I was technically off the clock. So the camera went away and then Party Dan came out for the first time in a while. I have like, Party I have like one, Dan. one Party Dan. Party Dan was out. I get like one 4 a.m. night per year and I got this one out of the way day one, which it feels good, you know? Awesome. You don't have to do it again <laughs> for a while. Exactly. Day one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so but it was it was a really nice time it was great to see everybody and uh friend of the pod former guest nisa neza was there shout out nisa uh awesome a lot of fun so mm-hmm. you guys are both east coast both of you right yeah. yes yes yeah. originally yeah, I'm, I'm in baltimore yeah and i'm okay. in, i'm in jersey city awesome so. and you grew up together or you've known each other a long time uh yeah what 12 years something like that something uh like that. yeah but we both grew up in like Way the central jersey south jersey area um Where'd you grow up? Are you from I'm, Chicago no, area? No, no. I'm originally from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, um, okay. yes. home, of, home of the Hanson brothers. Yes, home of the Hanson <laughs> brothers. You know, and they're, they're our claim to fame. No, we uh, they were coming up and getting big right when I was kind of on my way out of high school. That was like their, their heyday. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then I moved to the Chicagoland area, went to University of Illinois, and then, um, and then moved out to LA in the year 2001. So I've been oh, here nice. ever since. And I had no reason to get back to Tulsa until recently when my, my parents moved back there. So now I got a reason to go back. But mm. once, I, once I left Tulsa, I didn't really have much of an interest to, uh, to return to that part of the world. No offense, Tulsa. but you know. <laughs> I've only our, been our, once, and, yeah. it was, uh, and it was for a Hanson show. Oh, it was actually for <laughs> a Hanson show? Yeah, I, um, I worked for a band called Hello Goodbye. And I remember that band. They did a co-headliner in something, what, 2009? Yeah. Um. With with um. Hanson. With Hanson. Yeah. Why aren't, why aren't we getting Hanson on the pod? If you got this direct you connection. Know, you know, and I, I, I joke about them because of Mbop, but those kids, those they guys, really grown men, oh, what very a fucking, talented I've never seen dudes. anything like it. I've, I've honestly they're, never seen anything like they're it. They're so good. So good. Like, he was such a strong vocalist. They mm-hmm. knew exactly what they were doing. They really, you know, it's it's unfortunate that they were young and they had that hit because it, it gave them this kind of like, oh, it's commercial, it's gimmicky or whatnot, but they mm-hmm. were really really good they're yeah. really talented and yeah. some of those later records you know I, I like i've listened to them and 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 I, like i don't go back to them very much but but they're great records you yeah. know that's i agree really smart songwriting and they're amazing players 
Yeah. Um, Damn, yeah. are we going to have to do a circling back on a Hanson record? I guess we are. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there- I honestly, I don't ever want to listen to it again. I can t- I can tell you, I think it's great. It's just not. I mean, not I something like, you want to put in the rotation. It's like Jason Mraz. Yeah. I've heard it. I respect it, but Do I don't know, need it. I was gonna shout out and say, "Here's the thing." Early on in TikTok, Jason Mraz followed me, and he like commented a few times, and I just uh-huh. checked recently, and he unfollowed me. Wow. So we can sm- we can smack talk Jason yeah. Mraz all you oh want. Oh my god, Jason Mraz, you, it's on site you for do? you. <laughs> what have I done? I've upset Jason Mraz. It's on. You know, it's on who? site for Jason. So you've you've connected with like enviously connected with bands that it is, like it is like shocking man it is tell me shocking. tell me some of your heavy hitters who do you oh, talk to on a regular basis my god this, you talk to billy um so billy and i have not had any one-on-one time yet but not yet. i right. yeah not yet but the you know the current touring bass player of um the Smashing Pumpkins is Jack Bates and Jack Bates is, you know, probably 30. I want to say he is 30. And, um, his father is, uh, you know, legendary Peter hook, the founder of joy division and uh, new order. That's insane. So that's his father. And so the connection to another, another Nepo baby, (laughs) another Nepo baby. He's a, but he's a, the connection was right when the pumpkins were splitting up, Right in 2000, and Billy was doing Zwan and all that stuff. There was a short mm. stint where he was even going on and playing with New Order, like in the year 2001, I think, somewhere wow. around then. So he was meeting Jack when he was a little kid, and um, and so anyway, there, so there was a relationship with with Billy and the Pumpkins, like uh, from a very young age. And um, Jack doesn't play anything like his dad. Peter Hicks plays, you know, like uh, Peter Hooks. Sorry, not Peter Hooks. I'm thinking of Patrick Hicks from TikTok. Um, <laughs> right. Peter Hook plays, you know, high string, very specifically his style. And so Jack learned on his own because he didn't want to, you know, didn't want to sound like his dad. But he and I got along early on. And that really was one of the things that put me even closer to the whole Pumpkins camp. And so I got to meet Jimmy. I got to meet James. You know, I got to meet a, a bunch of other people working on the on the cruise. Billy, every time I've seen them live, he's he's occupied. He has family. He has kids. He's got something going on. And I've just been like, you know what? I'm going to slow burn this until I'm sitting in the studio. (laughs) It's only a matter of time. It's a matter of time, right? It's a matter of time. Oh, I love that. But uh, one of my biggest ones recently, which was totally a surprise, was because I don't ever necessarily send out these things to make the connection. I'm just, I'm going through kind of a checklist and a lot of times I'll be listening to a playlist and a song will come on. And even though it may not have been high up on the priority, I'm like, oh, that would be kind of, that would be kind of a funny video. And so I did silver chairs tomorrow. I and saw with, that. Within 24 hours, people are sending it to Daniel Johns in Australia. And then he takes it, makes a video where he puts a little, the robot voice on top of it and says, don't give up on your grunge dreams. Then before <laughs> I know it, we're messaging each other. And he, and I'm like, I'm talking with Daniel fucking Johns in Australia. That's insane. And he's like, I'm like, are you coming to 20, are you coming to LA anytime? He's like, yeah. And I was like, you want to hang out? He's like, yeah, mate. <laughs> fucking oath, Daniel Johns. And I was like, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And so these things just keep happening where along the way, and, and even outside of music, um, I was a huge, uh, uh, fan of the MTV comedy series, the state. Oh, um, yeah. yeah who and wasn't? Thomas, Thomas Lennon. Mm. was one of my earliest celeb follows and I literally threw my phone 
<laughs> like I was sitting there with my wife and I was like, Thomas Lennon follows me. Ah! <laughs> yeah. and I don't know. That was huge for me. Yeah, I was yeah like, no, oh I, I would probably lose my shit too. Yeah. yeah the state was just, incredible. And then like, I mean, everything he's even done since with uh, hilarious you know, Reno 911 and uh, totally. you know, all the movies. I mean, he wrote all the like Night at the Museum movies, you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's he's so That's talented so cool. and he's such a funny guy. And um and then I've had the the con- oh Mark McGrath, uh he said oh, some cool yeah. stuff in the comments. Lizzo commented on my radio video Radiohead video. Lizzo. Wow. Um John Mayer commented on my Jeff Buckley video. So these people didn't follow me, but they said sure. something, which was cool. So what I've about um, crazy ones, man? Didn't uh Sigaros? Yes. That's that insane. That was the highlight um, because of the interpersonal relationship I now have with the band, right. which I wasn't expecting at all. But I made the Cigarettes video. They apparently I made the Icelandic news because like if an Get American, yeah, so like an American makes a video about Cigarettes. Iceland hears about it, right? Oh, as they should. So there were these news articles that were said, like, uh, you know, uh, you know, American music fan ju- jumps in pool to show his love of cigarettes <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and so, so it gets their news. And so by the time they're on tour, they're reaching out and they're like, hey, we're coming through town and, and uh, we'd love for you to come out and see the show. And so I'm just expecting to go see the concert. I'd never gotten a chance to see them. I'd been a fan since, you know, yeah. Brackets. I I, sure. I I came in around that time. And um, I went to go see the show. And then they're like, yeah, you have this special bracelet. You get to go hang out afterwards, this after party thing. And um, I'm standing there. And it's just a small group of people. And then slowly but surely, like, all the crew and everybody starts coming in. And... It's it's the band and Yonzi is right there, and there's this girl who's been following my stuff, and she's like, Yonzi, get over here right now! You have to meet Jacob, and we start standing there just talking to each other, and then we're we're going for a picture, and he kisses me on the cheek, and then I kiss him on the cheek, and I giggle, and then he kisses me on the cheek, and he giggles, <laughs> and I was like, did I just fall in love with Yonzi? Oh my god! So I, I told I told my wife when I got home, I was like, by the way, I might be moving to Iceland, and I might yeah, be getting sorry, together sorry. with Yonzi. I'm so sorry. And she was like, I I get it, I get it. <laughs> So, so I'm very hopelandic sexual. Oh, right? I am so I was so immediately I was like I will go wherever you want me to go, man. You know, and I'll tell you why that was wild when I saw yeah. you post that. Yeah. Is because I feel like famously they're like hostile towards like music critics. And not that yeah. like what you do is critic at all yeah uh and if anything it's like a human cheerleader totally i'm I'm literally a golden i'm a golden retriever of a human being with music i'm literally it's incredible (laughs) but like i mean you've seen that uh video where they're being interviewed and i forget who's interviewing them and it's the most standoffish like the person will ask a question and they laugh in their face i know i know i I had the same fears because i thought well there's the language barrier and obviously i am so extroverted and they are all introverted mm, yeah. and everything about the interaction I was kind of worried going into, but uh, they just, I, I, I think maybe time and, you know, having American support for, you know, where they're still very much cherished 
overseas. It's like, mm-hmm. could we be forgotten in this part of the world? Are we getting as much, you know? And so to have that sure. that uplifting of their of their talent and their music and their voice, I think they were just pleasantly surprised that it was still, you know, something that was going to happen over here. So I was, you know, it was great. It was awesome. when you That's really cool. when you sing along to the to the songs on on that brackets record. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you try to sing in Hope Landaker? Have you come up with your own lyrics? I just hum along with the <sighs> with the sound, and as a guy who never was very good at hearing lyrics, I, it was perfect for me because it was literally like you know he's just using his voice, making you know that the gibberish, and I was like this right. that works just fine. But I did have a friend who got into an argument before it was public knowledge. Um, uh, that it was Hopelandic and gibberish. He and this other person got in a fight over what was being said. And oh, it was yeah. so funny when it finally came out that it was nothing because they were like, no, 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 this is what he's saying. And they got so <laughs> intense. That's so funny. I love that. I wanted, to, I wanted to bring it back real quick. I just had to look yeah. it up. But uh, you love the state so much. Are you familiar with the band Cake-like? Um, no. It, was that the band that played the intro song? No. Uh, Carrie Kenny Silver was in that band. Oh, wow. With, with Nina Hellman, who played the nurse in Wet Hot American Summer. They oh, had awesome. They had, like, a Riot Girl band oh, that, awesome. that, like, played with, like, Bratmobile and stuff of that era. And I was just looking it up, and, like, Rick Ocasek produced one of their EPs. And they awesome. Were, and, and Neil Young signed them to Vapor Records, like, in the, in the late 90s. And it's That's it's crazy. the musical connection just keeps going, but it's so funny. I've never heard of the band, but I mean, I, I think sounds... I recalled them all having many members of the state having their their hands into music scenes as well. Yeah, like you'll still you'll still see videos of David Wayne and all those guys like jamming and mm-hmm. stuff in yeah, garages. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think they have a they have an alternative music background for sure. Well, they all I yeah. think they all met around like NYU and stuff, so it makes yeah, they're sense. Yeah, all film you school know? New York kids. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very funny, but I had no idea like Rick Ocasek and Neil Young had their hand in it too. It's That's pretty crazy. wild. Yeah, that sounds too big to fail. It does. I, you know, apparently, I don't no one remembers them. So. Well. <laughs> Except for me, who loves no one, just perusing Wikipedia about anything. No I, one remembers Hep Alien either. Oh, but, well, I, yeah. I remember Hep Alien. It's all that matters. As <laughs> it's long all as that you matters. Remember. But uh, yeah, so how long have you been doing the TikTok and Instagram reels of of you know your current format, more or less? That you know you've seen. Like I said, yeah. your stuff is everywhere now. So it's, it's everywhere, it's, and it was it's working. all an accident. It okay. Was, yeah, it how was did, all how an did accident. you? How long ago did you start doing it? I it, the first one was May of 2021. So wow, okay. we are we are literally coming up on um of like a year and a half or okay. whatever, you know. And so I mean getting closer to 2 years I guess, but um it's funny because I've been in Los Angeles like I mentioned and I moved here as an actor. I came here um, from U- University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign, I was an acting major. I was a stage guy. I did musicals. Um, I was not a film guy, mm-hmm. but um, I met some friends in college, and they they were like, "We, you should try your hand at LA, you know, and trying to mm-hmm. film and TV industry." And so that was that's what what landed me here. So I spent a lot of time, like you do in the creative industries, like chasing the dream, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so year after year after year, whatever it was, whether it was a YouTube web series or making vines or all that kind of nonsense on your phone, I would always do it. And it was the first time that we get to global lockdown and I'm getting messages over and over from friends that are like, do you have a TikTok? Do you have a TikTok? (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, no, no. 
I, at the time, you know, I'm 44 now. And at the time I was, you know, just 42, 43. And I was like, I'm, I don't, I don't think I could do this app. It's like yeah. kids dancing. That's, it's for that's children. That's exactly how I feel. It's just like, I was I, like you know, none of it oh, makes no. sense to me, you know? Yeah. I was like, you could not convince me. Well, boredom won out. And that one afternoon you're sitting there and you, you download and, I think when you first download that app, you spend your time just scrolling mindlessly. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a mindless scrolling yeah. app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then I'm making these dumb videos kind of like I used to on Vine. I started doing these. I actually started doing these on Instagram first. Um, it was uh, it was called Motorcycle Ninjas. And it was basically I was out with my son during the pandemic and he had like a ninja outfit on and he was pretending he was riding a motorcycle. And I was like, that would be the most absurd group of ninjas to be so noisy. You know, like it would be so funny to have like a squad of ninjas that are all on motorcycles. It's like, yeah. they just they, you, you know, they're coming right away. So I made this bit and only my friends were, you know, getting into it and, and they thought it was funny. And I would post it on stuff. And then I started like, oh, well, post it on TikTok. And nobody was watching. Again, at this point in time, it's like 20 people following me on there. And then One of them being May. Thomas Lennon for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> One of them Thomas Lennon, surprisingly. First, was like, 20, is, first 20 followers, this, dedicated this fan. Great for a Reno 911 reboot. Um, <laughs> oh, that would actually be a perfect Motorcycle joke. Ninjas, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? Totally. <laughs> So, so I'm, I'm sitting there one afternoon in May and I'm thinking about like, I'm just kind of sitting there listening to music and I was thinking about Nirvana and Smells Like Teen Spirit and, you know, obviously that's, I know to us that seems pretty stock and it gets talked about so much now, but if you really do go back in your mind and think of like that pivotal moment, it, I, I do remember watching TV and literally being like, what's happening right now? Because for where I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Mm. I'm only relying upon what's being fed to me via MTV mm -hmm. and I'm only, you know, I'm at a certain age. It's 1991. And when I saw it, it took, it took my breath away and I was like, this is going to change everything, you know? And so I made a video where I had it, the, the clip playing back and forth. And I was so new to TikTok that I didn't even know, like I was choosing the audio clip that they give you. And so <laughs> the song begins from the one that they give you. And I film it back and forth. I put, I like stop right there. Somebody comes over and I put it in my pocket and I don't publish it. And I go inside and then the next morning before work, I get up and I open it up and TikTok's like, you have an unfinished video. And I, my finger is like hovering over the delete button because I'm like, this is dumb. Who's going to care? It's, it's not the high quality of motorcycle ninjas. That's for sure. <laughs> what and is so, uh, yeah, I don't want to disappoint my fans. I don't want to disappoint all 23, including Thomas Lennon. So I hit, I hit publish and I put it in my pocket and I forget about it. I don't even think about it. I go to work. I'm there all day at lunch. I open my phone and it says 70,000 views. And at this point in time, that is the most views that I've ever gotten on anything that I've ever put out there ever. Oh my God. And I was like, oh my God. So I'm just kind of casually keeping my eyes on it. And by the time I get home, it's like 150,000. By the time it's the evening, it's 300,000. It's moving. It's moving. And so I just the next morning, I'm like, I wonder if I could do it again. <laughs> so I sat down and I did Radiohead's Creep the next morning. And within that week, both those videos crossed a million within a couple days. That's insane. Get the fuck and, out and of then, here. Yeah, it was, it was like a million. And I was like, I can't believe this is happening. And then it was really, I think the point of no return was two weeks later, I did Rage Against the Machine's Freedom. And my mom is visiting. She doesn't live here. We're sitting at like breakfast and I'm getting 
it's going and it, it I'm getting sent articles. It's like Spin Magazine, NME, Louder.com, MetalSucks.com, all these articles. And they say comedian Jacob Gibbons shows you the, what it feels like to hear a 90s song for the first time. And I'm sitting there with my mom. I'm like, Mom, I'm in Spin Magazine. She's like, is that good? <laughs> you know? She's like, is that good? And I'm like, yes, it's good. <laughs> and so it was then that I knew Tom it's Morello. It's Gen X Rolling Stone, Mom. <laughs> yes, yeah, Gen X Rolling Stone. And, and, and Tom Morello had retweeted it. Holy and, shit. And I knew I, was, I knew I had tapped into something um, that I was able to communicate a feeling. And I was like, I'm going to run with this because... Most songs that you hear where the distortion kicks in or the audio takes you in a place that you're not expecting or there's a vocal that's unusual. I was like, a lot of times we find ourselves, you guys are music fans like me. Sure. You go, you know, it's like, you know when an anvil <laughs> hits a battle axe and then there's an explosion and you're trying to explain the feeling, the visceral gut reaction you have to music, and boy, it's hard. Right. But this this uh, platform was giving me a way of like using that acting comedy improv and pulling my face because I am a ham, you know. And yeah. I was like, I can make it something where people go, "That's how it was. That's Fuck. how it was." I you know? uh, right before we started recording, I I, uh, I watched the one for Hum. You yes, did. the explosion. With, with had some great, you know, some great <laughs> set work, some great uh, practical effects going on. Yeah, you know? had a fog, had a fog machine on standby, <laughs> and uh, told my wife, I said, make it look like a bomb has gone off. Put some soot all over my face, and that's all I need. So, that's, oh, that's great. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was very, very apt for sure. <laughs> Thank you. So that's the story. That's the story. That's the band from that Cadillac commercial, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, didn't, didn't, didn't they famously have their song played in a Cadillac commercial? wasn't it hum yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. we uh, yeah. we talked about in and it was the most it was the most esoteric uh yeah. Cadillac commercial like somebody like, looks up and st stares at the stars when it hits and yeah. you're just like yeah. am i going to cry yeah. uh, looking at <laughs> every, every Gen X uh, you know person was like i'm going to buy one of these yeah, yeah. it's, buy one it's of these. time <laughs> And their uh, their wife's name is Darla somehow. Mm -hmm. Star, I'm getting out of here. Yeah. I'm, buying a, <laughs> I'm buying a caddy. <laughs> so that was a long winded tale, but that's no, I love it. That's no, how it that's... came to be, and then that changed so much. I still have a full time job; it's not my living, but it's definitely transformed my life uh, tremendously in the best way. Um, and I've also just had to let go of the. The first thing that happens, I think, to you is the numbers, the count. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Your followers start to go, and then somebody else is is doing better, and then you're like, why why aren't my videos being seen anymore? And I had to somewhere along the way just go like, pay no mind, yeah. just make stuff and have fun, and that's all that matters. So oh, yeah, that that's yeah. definitely a hard thing yeah. about being a creative for sure. It's like seeing other people doing stuff that's like getting more attention, even though like it feels like inferior, you know? Yes, yes. And you kind of go, you kind of go, why why does this video? Of somebody, you know, slapping their hand on a table and and then just like looking at the screen and going, you know the feeling, right? And then it says 8.7 million views and you're like, huh, okay. <laughs> well, it, um, music, so TikTok music related stuff, uh, like music talk, I guess you would say. Music talk, yeah. Most of my interaction with that is is limited almost to what catatonic youths post. 
So just the okay. worst of the worst. Are you familiar yeah, with Catatonic yeah. Youths? No, I'm not. Oh, it's it's a it's a guy. I think he's, he, he's far from, too a uh, positive of a person ah, that's true. to know what Catatonic it's, Youths is. It's someone yeah. who is cultivating like some of the worst music content out there. Uh, really? I think he I think he was like the merch guy for Me Without You. He's from Philly. I know that. Uh, but his same deal. His stuff is just skyrocketed. But he posts this one kid who is like totally Gen Z. He's like slouched on a couch talking with his hands. And he's like, here are the top five songs you need to hear when you want to feel like the main character. And, <laughs> and then he'll play like M83. Like totally. And, totally. Or be like, you know top three songs when you want to be a villain and you know, just like and it's just all this weird gen z talk and he's like totally. really like and then and then someone posted a ton of pictures of him in the idf oh my god like, oh my god you know oh. it's it's very funny but like that's the kind of music tiktok that is is out there as well and they're the people too like they're getting like he's playing someone like a new radical song and there's 10.8 million views, you know? Totally. And, and it's just and it's, like, oh, you're just looking through, like, now that's what I call music volume four. Like, totally. You know, that's totally. what there, doing. there are guys that have uh, channels that just sit there, and no discredit to them, but they'll just sit there. Oh, we'll discredit them playing, all day. They're, they're, they're sitting oh, there. And I'm they're just here to li- roast, bro. Name names. <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> they're listening to the song, and they're just going, hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and you're like, uh, what? Yeah, you're just gonna play the artist song for me? Right. Well, and then I'll I'll get people in my comments too that go, I can't believe you have a following for just showing that you like music. And I'm like, well, give me a little bit of credit. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. I like, definitely write a bit and perform right. it and edit it, and it there's takes some, some time. sort of artistry yeah, behind what? it. Totally. Start start to finish. How long does that process take you? A couple depen- hours? It depends. Three hours? It depends. Um, I've been fortunate, enough, and this is the hilarious thing, the ones that take me 10 minutes are the ones that are a million, and then the ones that I like spend like so much time. Let me give you a perfect example. The one that I made for Primus... Um, for Jerry was the race car driver doing the claymation took me like fucking oh three God. hours with Play-Doh, bro. <laughs> and I spent no so much time and I did that just to get about a hundred Primus sucks, which is what you're supposed to say. But yeah, right, I, right. I, uh, I, I put a lot of energy into things that I think go into really like niche stuff that yeah. people are like, yeah, I don't know that band at all. And I'm like, ah, well, yeah. um, but I would say on average two hours to get like from start to finish, uh, yeah, a TikTok. Done. Well, it's yeah. it's super funny that you say like that. There's a ton of people who just have videos of them like moving their eyebrows to like a, yeah. a point in the song, and like that's like big deal. And I mean, it kind of falls in line with that <laughs> whole like the Twitch phenomena, you know, that we're all a bit too old to figure out. But like, yeah, or or no even idea. like unboxing videos with like young, you know, young kids, especially. It's like totally these kids would rather watch someone play a video game or watch someone open a toy oh. then like play a video game themselves or totally. play with a toy themselves or and it's this weird like third party feeling that people right, are, are latching on yeah. yeah like no one wants to experience it firsthand but they want to watch someone that they like experience it for themselves yeah and it's so it it's something that'll it's- never make sense in my brain it's um, insane the content. I have a seven, almost eight year old nephew, mm-hmm. um, who like YouTube is all he watches. Oh yeah, it's all and, my boys watch. Um, 
And he'll, I, he, there was a while where he was talking to me about Pokemon and I was like, Oh, that's cool. I like sort of know, you yeah, know yeah. about that. And, uh, and I find out like, he's just watching YouTube. Like he doesn't know anything about it. Sonic the Hedgehog. He was super in Sonic the Hedgehog. Didn't know it was a video game. It's yeah. like a uh, complete disconnect that I'm like, Oh, this is cool. Oh, this isn't cool. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really unusual. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But that that's funny that, yeah, it, I guess that ties in with like, Oh, you're just watching someone else listen to a song, <laughs> and that's content. It yeah. slots right in with that weird voyeuristic kind of like thing, you know. Is it? But yeah. is it weird to listen to a podcast to hear people you don't know talk about a record? I, I don't I, know. I, I, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. This is like in the format of radio, essentially. But yeah. we, I think the thing, the biggest shift that I, I, I saw somebody else say something about this the other day, which is even social media itself. We've gone from being a, I'm sharing what's going on in my world to being in a performative world, which is mm-hmm. I'm performing for people. I'm yeah. performing for strangers. And our children, this generation now, the reason why they watch YouTube, my eight-year-old watches, you know, a gaming channel. He dreams of one day that he'll get to have a gaming channel and people <laughs> right. will watch him on YouTube. And I've had to break the reality to him. I'm like, YouTube may not exist when you're, at, you know, out of college. It, yeah. You know, we don't know. This is an right. application that could hit saturation point. Um but it's just interesting the the feeling of I need to watch others because then maybe one day people will watch me mm, yeah. is almost the mindset that everybody's getting into, so, right? So, so uh, here's a great question. If I do say my, so myself, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. If, if I do say so myself, I believe all my questions there? are pretty great. But uh, Piece no, of so, shit. Uh, <laughs> with your uh, your kid being around that age, do they give a shit that you're? fairly well known on tiktok yeah my oldest my 14 year old doesn't do tiktok uh his friends know and we have a couple people in the circle that are like oh that's so cool that your dad's like you know a big deal yeah on tiktok but it's funny because a lot of his they've already grouped my level of success on tiktok as old person tiktok you know what i mean like it's not i'm never really asian dad yeah exactly Uh, my korean dad yeah it's like i'm never gonna be the the guy on there doing this talking about no cap and like i think you should be though i think that is not (laughs) yeah you need to get a you need to get like an alternative like character going where yeah, yeah. <laughs> where they, he needs to be mean, like ten bussing songs, earrings, two yeah, yeah. Oh earrings, God, and like it's... really, really bright, like neon colors, like it's the nineties again, yeah. and and yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, top three bussing songs. This song's but this song slaps. <laughs> yeah. um, but they, but that's that's so they've already understood that. And then my eight year old, he's always pitching me ideas for TikToks that I should do. Okay, so uh-huh. a lot of times I have to pretend that I've made them and show him, and then I don't. Pop them, but he really wants to be part of the creative process. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You need to set up like <laughs> a side a, channel that, like, you can like, totally, what's, uh, like, show totally. him songs for the first time. Totally. You know? And that, you know, I he I can he oh, can move sorry, his eyebrows to the the change from the verse to the chorus, <laughs> and right there, twelve million views. You know, uh, you, just know. Go, you can hmm. you yeah. can throw ash in his face if you'd like. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> I uh, I actually early on in the TikTok days that was an ugly lesson. I'll keep this brief, but I I used my family and my kids for a couple oh, funny videos, and it went I south. Remember it it went south fast. It went south fast. Like I was you like, you had to put out like a statement. I had to too. put out a statement because somebody that said I want. They, they were like they wanted to murder my family, and I yeah. was like, uh, what? Yeah, yeah, no. And so I just was like, so from here on out, guys, you're not gonna see any videos about my kids yeah. or any of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's so my 14 year old. He's taller than me now. 
know, I'm not that worried about him. It's my eight year old that I was like, he's little, he's young. Yeah. I was like, now I live in an area. I've had some weird things happen where people have said like, oh, I saw you walking with your family in the comments or Ooh. I saw you in a store. And so you do have to realize you go, um, I do still have to have like the safety elements of yeah. I have a family. Oh, yeah. And there are, I never thought there are about weird that. people. I get messages I get messages in my, you know, the the hidden ones that come from like somebody that I've never talked to and I've checked and there's literally like 800 Hi, 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 yeah. how are you? How's your day today? And I'm like, oh no. Oh no. Oh, yeah. oh no. Nobody wins there. <laughs> uh, that, wins that's why you got your cache <laughs> of, of medieval weapons behind you, you know? <laughs> yes, that's why I built this dungeon. <laughs> so I can, so I can Kate, take the prisoner and be like, <laughs> so real quick, um, I just, I know uh, Dan and I had a, a question. Can you share your address with us real quick? Yeah, sure. No problem. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> we'll put it in the comments. Uh, in, yeah, in Venice. Oh man. I mean, Andrew, is that something you've had to think about that one? You know, once this podcast really gets popping, you're gonna have to like cover up your daughter's face like uh like blank like Michael blanket. Jackson, you know? Yeah, like, you're gonna like, have to like, like no. literal blanket. Dan, <laughs> fame will never come for me. Oh. Um, so that's not a concern. Oh. But but uh I uh, that had never occurred to me that that would yeah. be like a feeling that you would have to have. It's getting, awful. Um, getting bothered at Royal Farms while trying to yeah. get your chicken sandwich. I mean, you know? that would, yeah. that in and of itself would be terrible. <laughs> it's surreal. And most of the time, 95% of the time, it's wonderful. You know, people yeah. say the nicest stuff, but then there's just psychopaths in this world. And a lot of times you go, is the person saying the hateful thing? Probably some 14 year old angry kid who's just trying to get a rise out of me. Maybe. Right. But I can't, I you know it's yeah, like no, you, no, no. you can't risk that can't you know risk what I mean? it can't I, risk you it. talk about so the you wrong carry now <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you know you, you didn't talk about his favorite nine inch nails record so now yeah, you're exactly oh. you're in the crosshairs wait the have worst. you talked about the fragile yet no I haven't talked about the fragile yet oh no. yeah fuck I you then I no. know right <laughs> I, I should I should delete delete your account now yes. Givens <laughs> no wait, I, so. It's so what funny. There's so many artists that people have been like, how can, have you not talked about this artist yet? And it's so funny. It's just you get caught up in the yeah. list, the time, you know, like everything starts happening and you go, I need to talk about that. The drummer of Modest Mouse died. Oh, and I was Jeremiah. like, I haven't even, I was like, I haven't even made awful. a video about Modest Mouse. I was like, That's what's fucking... wrong with me? You know what I mean? You it's know like, what? That and then and then uh, Mimi Parker a couple months ago or last yeah. month. It's yeah. been Things Man, like that. And when Mark Lanigan passed, I I think right. I talked about Screaming Trees like briefly in a video. And so I made this video that was like, RIP Mark Lanigan. And this guy was like, you're not a real fan. You haven't made any videos about him. And yeah. I'm like, fuck I'm you, like, dog. I don't have. I was like, this is not yeah. my full time job. Yeah. I mean, that that's something me and Andrew <laughs> even talked about, like starting this podcast. It's like there really isn't any shortage of content out there to like. I, there's an endless. infinite yeah. amount endless. of records. Uh, there's a ton of people. I mean. I I pride myself on or ourselves rather on like some of the guests we yeah, have on you're here just because really patting your own I, back you know, this episode, you aren't you? It's, it's, it's 2023. It's, it's your time to shine. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm taking no apologies for nothing. Um, but no, like <clears throat> we, we've been fortunate enough to have a very like diverse cast oh, of people yeah. on this podcast in terms of yeah. backgrounds and specialties and artistries and whatever. You know. Yeah. 
And uh, you know, I, you're, our we first, making... you're our first TikTok star, so hey! we're checking that that niche off. Uh, another white bearded man, but you know that's that's yeah, fine. Yeah, hey, there's a lot of us in this day and age, aren't there, yeah. guys? White dudes with beards into music. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll get better at that in, in the new year, hopefully. <laughs> but maybe not. Oh man, I but love yeah. It. It's a. Uh, I don't. I feel like we could talk for hours without ever actually getting to the record, which is usually what I we know. end up doing. I which know. would be great for you because you fucking hated. This I did record, not hate this you record. Did. You, you, <laughs> yes, you, you did. You really. The last episode, you really uh, hit me with a loaded question there or whatever. When you immediately were like, "Dan hated this fucking record," and I was like, <laughs> "Now I have to dig myself out of a hole for thirty no, minutes." I think there's nothing funnier than than making you have to think on your on your head foot, Dan. On my head. I that, love it. That's it. a 311 I, reference no, for those out there. I, it's not for me. Uh, no, I mean, it, it is very funny because there's a lot of records we listen to that Andrew hates. So, yeah. And, yeah, I, most I, of and I certainly don't hate this record. That's, that's Well, l- let me ask out of the gate. I'm taking I, Andrew I would, to court for libel. I would gather you guys both seem uh, at least a few years younger than me. We look like we're probably a couple years apart in age. I turn I turn 42 this month. Okay. So about and two I'm, years difference I'm 35. There. And it's very rare that I'm ever the youngest person in any situation, so. Yeah, yeah. So I really feel, whenever I get in these conversations, the 90s was a such a specific time for music that your year really, really does make a difference. Because a song that's dropping your eighth grade year as opposed to your fifth grade year as opposed to your senior year it's going to just land at a different time. Mm-hmm. You're you're making out differently. You're mm-hmm. you're carrying your bag differently. Your your entire whatever your Holden Caulfield headspace is at, you're yeah. in a different place. And so I feel like whenever I find somebody who isn't my exact same age and there's artists that we don't quite see eye to eye on. I'm like, well, that that makes perfect sense because my friend who was a sophomore when I was a senior was much more into this because yeah, it right. spoke to them clearly. Yeah. So, so that, that would have been my guess. I guess before we make the full transition into that that half of the pod, uh, in terms of, yeah, like my interaction with this record, I've always obviously known who Session Pumpkins were. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've known well, all now the hits. Everybody's gonna know. <laughs> I know. <We're>, we <laughs> that, just let it out. I mean, that's 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 the thing for 2023. More gatekeeping. We're gatekeeping more, more. gatekeeping. which is why you I'm gotta, on this podcast so quickly. <laughs> Andrew tried to gatekeep uh, yeah. our no. good friend Norman Brannon from the world. Yep. Uh, Couldn't do it. Very funny. Somebody's yeah. No, that, that's a, that's kind of a joke we had. There was a there was a tweet that went out. Do you know the band Turnstile? Yo, yes, yes. Okay. Of course, I yeah. fucking those terms. Jesus Christ! <laughs> but uh, but no, someone they posted a video that was like a like a big super cut of like a lot of their arena stuff, and you're seeing like an arena full of like you know kids who are like 16, 17 all singing along, and like it looks like they're kind of like broy kids like hanging right. at the concert, and it. And someone commented with that uh, we should have gate we we should have gate kept harder or something yeah oh, or we didn't that's gatekeep amazing. we didn't gatekeep hard enough if and that's kind of been our joke enough. and yeah. then uh, yeah today alone I said that I, I went to Trader Joe's and I guess everyone on the planet is off work today and yeah. uh, Trader Joe's was an absolute madhouse that I literally walked in the door and then walked right back out the door <laughs> of course and uh, I joked that I'm like oh man the secrets out about Trader Joe's all the normies know about it now <laughs> yeah. you know. It's out. 
Do you so, remember when people found out about Target? Oh that was God. a dark time. <laughs> oh, so I dark. Mean, the still, darkest timeline, they yeah, say. Yeah. Wait, no. I mean, I, there's actually some validity to this. If <laughs> no, I you're may. right. You're right. That at um, one point in time, it wasn't, it wasn't the thing that right. it is now. Yeah. Do you yes. remember when like your parents didn't know what Chipotle was? Oh, like, Chipotle that. was objectively better. I don't think my parents yeah. know what Chipotle is now, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, they're but, se- yeah, uh, Central I, Jersey I love the Italians. Idea, like, I, why would they care? I, uh, <laughs> I, I said the same thing to Andrew this morning, there was a line at the door at the coffee shop. I'm like, ugh, the normies have found coffee. Yeah, f- Our little secret <laughs> is no coffee. longer a secret anymore. That's a good bit. That's just a good yeah. ongoing bit that I am now going to steal from you guys. Oh, and do oh, and gotta, like, I'm just going to look gotta. at people and be like, great, now everybody oh. knows about Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. my, I, 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 sent it, I sent both those jokes into the group chat. My friend was like, is this going to be your thing all day? And I'm like, all year, baby. 2023. We're I gatekeeping. Uh, the, year of, the year of the gatekeep. Uh, But yeah, no, so my interaction with this record in Smashing Pumpkins was it never blew me away because it's always been ubiquitous. And I think there's something to say about that. Like, it it didn't blow me away because I didn't experience it as it happened. It wasn't this life-changing, world-halting experience. What was the first first Smashing Pumpkins record that was, like, current for you? Oh, God. I mean, well... Like, would you even know? Wouldn't this come out? 97? 93. This record? 93. 93. Okay, yeah, I was like five years old, so summer, not this. Summer, July 27, 1993, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but I, I mean, I definitely remember watching videos on like MTV of like Tonight Tonight, and like it's stuff you heard. That's right. Melancholy. Yeah. yeah, I know that's the record later, but yeah. you know, stuff stuff like that, it was, it was in the zeitgeist of being, I've been into alternative music since, it, you know, I Perth, was listening to music for the most right? part, Yeah, and you know, so this this would pop up. And I, I remember yeah. actually going to this, like, my parents not letting me buy this record because I saw it in, like, a jukebox. And I was like, oh, I want to mm. check it out. And then it had the song Silver Fuck. And my parents were like, yep, no way. It's exactly. <laughs> totally. Can my- I tell you that 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 the the jukebox version of so, so the entire reason that I got into playing music and the fact that I got into eventually engineering music was all because sitting in a pizza hut. I played as a kid. I played Silver Fuck like in Pizza Hut. Oh wow, from oh, that's CD amazing! Jukebox. <laughs> and I, I remember noticed, the Pizza Hut jukeboxes. They were they and, were good yeah, shit. And, good and shit. I noticed in the middle where it's just like you know Darcy. Oh, so it's Dar- it's just bass and it, it's that's just bass. Darcy. Yeah, but it's, it's just it's him in the studio. Bass but it's her and, on stage. and a bass and a hi hat and yeah. like and Billy singing and it gets loud. And so when it when the song kicks back in, it like blows the speakers because of the compression. <laughs> oh my and it God. was the first time I realized I was like, oh, there's like something mechanical that's manipulating that, like in this space. And I yeah. want to know what that is. So that's yeah. amazing. I I realized this week listening to this record, I realized how many like huge lifestyle decisions I've made based on like my lens of Siamese dream. Oh, I yeah. love it. I just, my lens of pizza hut and music in general has a lot of overlap. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not, yeah. I'm not even kidding. Uh, Red so, cups with the, with the, with the little yeah. stained glass, uh-huh. uh, you know, like, Oh my God. Yes. So yeah, no, funny enough. I, I do very much remember the jukebox and pizza hut and definitely mm-hmm. having a lot of this era of music in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, there was a weird promotion when like burning CDs was like a cultural new thing. And there was some weird promotion that was early internet where you could get 
they would send you a custom burnt CD from Pizza Hut. And they had like a bunch of weird licensed tracks you could choose from. What fucking intern's job was that? And my I, God. I literally, I gotta find it. It's definitely like still in my big CD book, like in my parents' you house. You have to find but it. Collector's it's, item. It's it's a CD, and I think it has like "Genie in a Bottle" by Christina Aguilera. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's got some. As it, it should. You can choose like five songs, but two of them are MXPX songs. I think one of them is Chick Magnet, and one of them is like. Some other song of life in general. And I wish they had changed the lyrics to uh, apply to the Pizza Hut. Oh, yeah. like, pe- pepperoni in a bottle, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Just like it's all, it's like terrible, like yeah. cross promotional stuff. But, but that was like oh, my yeah. introduction to like, because I literally was like, I went through like the, if you. what was in the alternative music selection. And it, yeah, it was like MXPX and there might have been like an AFI song or something. Like, well, that's like, that's like the Doritos Civ pick. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's the the crossover is so bizarre, but yeah, funny enough that you bring it up. Pizza Hut plays a large role in my early musical like experience. But, I like to paint the scene. I like to paint the scene of him playing Silver Fuck in a in a Pizza Hut, and I'm just traveling. I'm road tripping with my family through, and we've stopped randomly at this Pizza Hut. But it's the one uh-huh. that you work at, and I'm sitting there with my family, and Silver Fuck's playing, and I look <laughs> over, and you're looking at me, and you're just nodding slowly, <laughs> and I'm looking at you, and it's on the bass breakdown part, and they were just both like, Aah! yeah, oh and my I'm God. mouthing, I hear you whisper, <laughs> yeah, my, sultry. My other early. Session Pumpkins uh, experiences, though, was uh, in high school, I was like a skateboarder and I was wearing the, the skateboard company Zero and nice. they had a shirt that's a Zero and all of the Gen X teachers, which would have been like the the newer teachers at the time, were all like smashing pumpkins. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, yeah. actually, it's no, skateboarding. It's skateboarding. And they're like, oh, <laughs> never mind. Yeah. Super, super funny. But yeah, like I said, it was something that was always around. So, yeah. It's it's something I enjoyed this record obviously, but sure. it never had that earth shattering moment because it was always around when I was coming up in the music world. Yeah, this this album has the earth shattering because of like I set up that that moment in time, mm-hmm. that exact split. Mm-hmm. You know, I talked about early on about the TikTok for Smells Like Teen Spirit and that being the thing in '91, but from '91 until '93, we were getting. Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, mm-hmm. Nirvana, um, MTV was really making a lot of decision as as to the the Seattle music scene that we were going to be given, and so which I loved all of it. Alice in Chains, sure, loved, absolutely. I, I went crazy for all of it. I bought every single thing. I was playing guitar and I was shifting out of heavy metal. Um, and I, I, heavy metal. I listen to much heavier shit now, but back then sure. it was Metallica, Megadeth, Testament, Pantera, um, all that stuff. I was moving over into alt and and grunge. And I had somebody had shown me some of Gish, but it was like a dub tape. It was on like a, a kind of a, a retreat, like a school retreat type thing. It was I a Pizza it. Hut burnt CD. Pizza Hut, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and it was it was it was a it was a mixtape. And I heard some of it, and Gish is very psychedelic. The the mm. guitars are much more trebly. Um, it's a little bit more of a jammy record than it is, you know, really kind of. It's just a little loose, and um, which is cool, which has got its own thing going on. But at the time, my brain wasn't wasn't dialing in on that. Mm-hmm. And then it was around this time that um, the single soundtrack 
soundtrack drops oh, before God. the movie. It like comes yeah. out before the movie, and I went and bought the single soundtrack with no idea that I'd be going to the theater with some girl on an awkward date to watch a movie about you know dating and getting somebody pregnant in Seattle when I'm a teenager, and I'm like, right. I don't know what these things are. <laughs> and now she's your um, wife. And now she's my wife. <laughs> and um, and so I bought the soundtrack. And as I went through, you know, here we go. We got a Soundgarden song. We got a Chris Cornell song. We got a we and got then two. And you hear drown. And then I hit drown. And, and it's and the most fucking insane. Like no guitar tone has ever fucking existed like that 100%. in the history. You're saying you're saying exactly what happened, which was. Yeah. The majority of people I knew who heard Drown, they'd get to the feedback ending and they'd turn it off. For me, it was like whale mm. calls. Like I literally was like being summoned into the ether, like rising up. And I was like, I don't know why this guy making squeals and screeches mm -hmm. with his guitar is taking me to some other plane, but it mm -hmm. is. And and I could hear the switch from Gish into Drown as the tone was mm -hmm. getting warmer. Right. And so I say all this to say... When Siamese Dream was dropping, I knew it was coming. I was ready mm -hmm. for it. Cherubrock had come out. And I could hear how he took, and I said this in one of my first Pumpkins videos, the distortion of that big muff pedal that setup was like caramel. It was sweet. It was mm -hmm. thick. It was like it like it like vibrated my chest. And I there were so many layered guitars and Butch Vig's production. And mm -hmm. they had you clearly put so much time and energy into making these so precise and I remember just sitting there and going I don't think if I've ever heard a guitar tone speak to me more clearly than the one on this album mm -hmm. and it's never been duplicated yeah. I love all their stuff but the Siamese yeah. dream sound is so specifically Siamese dream yeah and that's it it's because yeah. of all the it guitar overdubs like, like a yeah. like bombs exploding it's it just, sounds like it, yeah there's um there was a there. I had a Mandela effect mm -hmm. uh, listening to this album this week. Um, I noticed something in my what this is year. This is the thirtieth anniversary. This is the thirtieth like, anniversary in yeah. my thirty years of, of listening to this record. I've never picked up on which is in Soma at at like three minutes when it goes into the like interlude before. Uh -huh. The uh, the loud part. Yeah, I've always thought that was a cello and strings in there. Yeah, and it's, it's not. just guitar it's just and guitar. voice. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, amazing, right? <clears throat> Apparently, that song specifically has forty tracks of guitar on it. It does. Oh, it 100%. does. <laughs> it does. And I and I've listened to countless interviews with Billy and Butch. And it almost killed them. This whole mm -hmm. thing almost killed them. And, you know, tons of words have been said about his practices in this studio. But you learn even on this latest show that he's doing that Butch was the one who was like, look, if this if this album is going to sound like I want it to sound, it has to be you doing the parts because where right. the other band members were not Jimmy, obviously, because the guy is, sure. a, is a drum god. Yeah. Um, but the other members weren't quite technically savvy enough of players to kind of really dial in what what was needed and right. they got better with time but you know a lot has been said about him controlling the album but you mm -hmm. hear in these interviews you're like well Butch Vig also was like well it has to be you if we yeah, wanted to sound like to, this sure. it has to be you you and know what when you listen to like a song like quiet mm -hmm. where you know you're you're hearing what Jimmy's playing on the drums and Billy's playing just a hair behind him so the whole thing has this like like when you when you're 
instead of like nodding your head, you're like nodding your chin instead. It's like <laughs> that's hilarious. Fucking that's un- so true. Unbelievable. That is so true that the syncopation between the guitar and the drums. Yeah, you're, yeah, like- you're just like it's. Uh, I've this week was you know listening to this record in prep for this yeah. has been like going to church all week. Totally. It's like it's every experience. single time I've listened to this record. It, uh, you know, th- throughout my life, every single time I've picked up something else from it, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. Oh, uh, what a, just a, a masterpiece. It's I mean, a, it's played it's by two complete virtuosos. Absolutely. Uh, Billy Corgan is a, you know, a lot of credit to be given to his guitar skill. He right. is at a time where, and I've said this on other interviews and shows at a time where, um, it was uncool to solo. When right. when bands yeah. were coming out in '93, mm-hmm. the anti solo was where it was at. Nobody was doing some tasty shredding licks in '93. It was like right. you don't do that anymore. That's for the hair bands and that's for yeah. Metallica and and whatnot. So here he comes bringing these you know wailing solos, and it was really unusual. And then you've got this guy Jimmy Chamberlain who's got a background in jazz drumming. Yeah, who they're in the studio and and he's saying play a song like this band, and and Jimmy Chamberlain's like I don't know who that band is i could you know i could play some of these classic standard drum beats you know he um his it's just like no one's ever played drums like that since no one will ever play drums like that um he plays like so soft for a rock drummer he plays incredibly delicately and you you don't realize it because it sounds so thunderous Mm -hmm. but he's so soft that's how he's so you know expert and fast yeah everything's so precise you see that from a lot of metal drummers like even um joey jordanson from slipknot uh who passed many many years ago he played whenever i would watch him he was not violent he was just moving so precise and that's how he was able to do those unbelievably fast fills because you have to have that delicate you know so the um yeah it's funny you mentioned you're like a big pantera fan stuff and billy corgan and i was uh, doing some research on it and he said that like dimebag daryl is like one of his guitar inspirations that's awesome which which makes a lot of sense you know i don't think i've ever heard that but i could absolutely hear it because those bluesy bends those Mm -hmm. those tonal bluesy bends oh yeah the (laughs) yeah it's awesome yeah it's 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 something that kind of threw me off this on the first few lessons was just like, yeah, yeah like the, uh, even for here, like geek USA, a little overzealous on the guitar, but totally. then that becomes totally. like, you know, my fourth and fifth listen. It's like, Oh, it's kind of the charm of it. And apparently yeah. that was like listed as like gu- guitar magazines, like top 100 guitar solos or something. Which and it was like, geek it was USA? like number yeah. 54. Yeah. That's I mean I, he he knew what he was doing he knew how to really bring it in there and again in in 93 there wasn't just any there was nobody sounding like this at the time and um you know I don't know why specifically a lot has been said about the quality of his voice and the nasalness of it and right. you know and, and, and whenever anybody has something to say about that I I get it you know what I mean yeah, I, I, like, I like it's the, definitely not for everybody I love, everybody. Voice. I love yeah, his voice on this record it's, sure. it drills in really mm-hmm. and then it whispers and so mm-hmm. I think that there's just certain vocalists over time that it's so specific that you either like it or you don't Robert Plant you either like the way he squeals in Led Zeppelin or or you don't like it yeah. or mm-hmm. you know there's just vocalists at their style you go well that's that person singing and i i, yeah. I like the sound of it you know i mean yeah i mean 
I think his voice is perfect to kind of pierce through just like the wall of sound they're playing. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And you can go either way with that. You can use it to fill in alongside of it. We we've talked about Deaf Heaven on the pod uh, a couple episodes Love ago, Death where Heaven. where like you know his voice is part of the wall of sound. It is, or you can have a distinct voice like Billy Corgan, where you have this swelling yes. guitar, right. but he's his voice is kind of cutting through, cutting and right then, through, yeah, the just like just like Ozzy. Kind yeah. of, I mean this. No, that oh, that's very so, true. So much of this is. Sabbath. Um, like complete Sabbath. It like 100% riffs, is. riffs on top of riffs on top of riffs. And then like a very unique voice, you know, that's a very specific frequency that sits perfectly in the middle. Yeah. He's hugely inspired by Sabbath. That was one of yeah. his biggest. So you can hear it. You're like, here's mm-hmm. that Aussie frequency over mm-hmm. Iomi riffs, you know? I think, so. I think what sets this record specifically apart though is how melodic all the parts are um even at its heaviest there's still it's still super melodic you know it's still very shoegaze in that respect yeah and you know i get a lot of slack from the my bloody valentine fans that when i geek out about um mayonnaise which is my favorite smashing pumpkin song of all time of all time Mm -hmm. and people are like yeah well my bloody valentine did it first and there's better shoegaze than this and i'm like i look i'm not disagreeing yeah but in the genre of shoegaze that there might be better yeah they're not a they're not a shoegaze band per se. I would never know. call this. No. So here's so here's my question. Yeah. yeah. What what if somebody if you had to curtly make like say what what this record is? What would you say? Like what genre would you call it? I would. I mean, it's funny. I would say Sonic Caramel. That's what I would say. <laughs> I yes, would define classic, my own the genre. classic Spotify genre of go yeah. go to go to go to the music store and ask for the Sonic Caramel <laughs> section. It's just this, and uh... you know, it's so funny that you ask that because you can't say grunge. They're definitely no. not a grunge. No, band. right. Um, and this was the peak of, of where the word alternative was being latched onto everything. So that would be where they would be thrown, but they are, they are a, a rock, you know, a rock alternative band. And that's, that's all you can really say with, with walls of sound and solos and yeah. Cause they're not production, you know, like you said, they're not grunge. No, they're not shoegaze. No, they they have yeah. elements of dream pop, you know. Dream it's pop, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very much like, um, yeah, like Black Sabbath through the lens of like seventies glam, kind of. Totally, yeah. Even down to what they dressed like. Mm. Uh, yeah. And that was another thing. My, you know, my, my wife and I would listen to this record a lot this week because it's one of the few things we could we could agree on in the car. Yeah. Um, but something that I, I, you know, I, I looking back at pictures of this era um and even like sort of i i got to tell you i'm i'm up until billy cuts his hair what are you doing <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. there's some magic loss there but yeah. um you know like i feel like the, one of the big reasons culturally that i i like the smashing pumpkins at like sort of a adolescent like f- formative age was that like it was it was helping me look at what I viewed as like masculine. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, I obviously was like huge into baseball, but like, you know, the rock and roll stars of the time, like Aerosmith and stuff. I was like, well, that's definitely not for me. You know what right. I mean? Me neither. And there was something like showy about wearing like a man wearing a big, like fur coat that looks like a robe that was like, 
I, for some reason, identify with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it, I could never do it, but well, I, uh, I did. You know. I imitated the style, uh, the '70s butterfly collar uh, paisley shirts. I 100. You can find pictures of me in high school. And I went to the Salvation Army and I went and bought all these disco, you know, bell bottoms, did the whole thing because I it really did resonate with me because I, too, being from Tulsa, Oklahoma, was surrounded by bros and and athletes and. I just come out of metal, but I also came from a very uh, religious household. And so my parents were not okay with like metal shirts and black clothes. They were not comfortable with that at all. So I had to find like ways of expressing myself that they weren't going to call like the, the, the pastor of our church and be like, Jacob's on the drugs. (laughs) So, uh, so I, I, the seventies clothes, my mom was like, well, they're not very nice looking, but she didn't have any problem with me wearing them. And so I really liked that era. And then when you get into melancholy, yeah, he, he, it's interesting because he talks about in these interviews recently about how the era of melancholy is a, direct response to the fallout of Siamese dream of what's expected of him. Mm, and so he, he sure. shaves, puts on a costume, puts zero on his shirt, wears sil- yeah. silver pants and decides, all right, I'm going to be a caricature of what you want me to be, which, right. you know, I mean, Hey, he's in his twenties. He's working some shit out <laughs> you sure. know, in the public. I, I think, he, I think, I mean, look, I don't know. I don't know if you know, I don't know what it's like to be famous, but um, sure you do. You're famous right I f- now. I feel like he goes, you know, past a door when he's wearing like ball gowns to perform. Yeah. I, like he sort of loses me a little bit. <laughs> um, I, get, I get it. Look, it's 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 like being a fan of of a, of anybody like a, whether it's a sport team, a, a player who you're like. I love their craft and I love what they do, but I have no understanding as to what wakes up and drives them every day. Sure. So if Dennis Rodman was at the height of his days killing it on the court and he was coming in and wearing a a wedding gown and a, and a press junket, you're like, I don't know what, what the story (laughs) is as to why you want to do that. But all I need to worry myself with is that you play really good basketball. And so this is a funny example for me. All my Chicago guys who listen to sports would be like, Jacob never followed sports. Um, <laughs> I think everyone but, followed that era of the Bulls, though. Like, exactly. Whether you yeah, cared yeah, about basketball. Did. Like, I followed that era of the Bulls. And exactly. I, yeah. So I knew that enough to make the analogy. So when he makes these decisions, I kind of go, is it, yeah, is it something you go, I never know what to expect from this guy. I never mm-hmm. know what to expect. Um, and even with his musical journey, it has been, it's, it, it's one of those things that look, if I come out and I say, I really like where autumn is going. 95% of people are like, Oh God. And I'm like, I, I don't know, dude, I'm just kind mm-hmm. of along for the ride. And, but he, he does do some really unusual choices for sure. I don't know anything about like his personal shit. You know what I mean? Like I heard, I remember looking into it and hearing that he was like into wrestling or something. And I was like his own wrestling company. He owns the national wrestling Alliance. That's insane. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, uh, whatever, man. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? I don't know anything about him personally. And I feel like, it's kind of a good idea with musicians being musicians. Totally. You know and, what I mean? And like, a, I care about your art. I don't there's care. There's a feeling know? also about since I got closer to the band members and working with them is that I, I all I ever want, meeting Jimmy was a dream come true. James mm-hmm. was exactly as I expected him to be in oh, that yeah. he was dry 
and looked half annoyed with me the whole time. But I think that that was what he does. Um, but Billy is one of those people that I'd love to meet him, but I only want to meet him if he doesn't see me as somebody who's just like, please, please pay attention to me, please. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like I want him to see me like, oh, this guy makes videos and right. I think he would be a good asset to the Smashing Pumpkins team in terms of making content and and, right. um, you know, things that people would enjoy. I want him to see me like that. And so. Sure. I do think it's really interesting when you have these people that have been music idols, people you've loved their work for 30 years, and you go, I don't ever want that to be ruined. I don't ever want that to be taken away. And so you do, the closer I'm getting to artists and interacting with them, I am trying to cultivate a relationship in such a way that I can still love their music and not, sure. you know, fall yeah. into a trap of where I'm like, Oh, I loved everything this person did. And then they said this one thing and it was, yeah. Yeah, well, that, it was all over. There's yeah. 0% chance that I don't meet James Eha and say like, Dog, I loved your solo record. Yeah, like yeah, I legitimately love that And this is what record. he'll go. This is what he'll do. I'll give you the James response. He'll go. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, you saying that makes me feel I feel like whenever you meet uh, people like that though, you kind of have to throw them kind of a curveball of what you like like you wouldn't yeah. be able to be like oh I love Siamese Dream you know no, no. Uh, you'd be like I like Machina yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. or not even talk about his band you'd uh, have yeah. to just yeah. walk you'd have to well, walk up and be like I have been listening to the most amazing 1986 recording of Toto <laughs> yeah and let me just tell you yeah you know, there when I, well when I when I met Jim Jarmusch the other night, I literally was like, hey, I loved you in that documentary, Uncle Howard, which is oh this incredible God. documentary about a guy who finds his uncle's like footage from a William S. Burroughs documentary he made in college. I love it. And he's going through all this like unseen B-roll footage of William S. Burroughs like having dinner with with Andy Warhol in the bunker. And there's yeah. a moment where him and Jim Jarmusch go to the bunker on Bowery and see like what it looks like and it's it's yeah. but it's like oh i like this one thing that you were a part of in this documentary about someone totally. that you respect and he was like wait you saw that and i'm like yeah absolutely i've been trying to watch it again it's it's not streaming anywhere and hasn't been for years but it was that's like, like you know it, he, that's like when i when i worked at whole foods and sigourney weaver came in and somebody <laughs> oh, said i loved lucky. you and, that has been I my loved crush you since in, i was a kid yeah i loved you in galaxy quest yeah. oh. i'm like oh my fucking god well, oh I mean, my god that, that reminds me though of uh when we had hans on the pod and he talked about when he worked at kim's video and he he mm-hmm. met kate bush and like yeah. he was like can i give you a hug <laughs> like yeah, what oh do you do? the most you know genuine I mean? like, thing you know yeah but um yeah in terms of like meeting the people you like care about and like kind of being on a fun level with them. I mean, we've we've had you know, we had Matt Pryor on the pod and we we kind of yeah. joke around a lot about it. But he came in, he was down the clown, he uh, you know, he kind of gave awesome. it to us a little bit back, you know. And uh do you are you familiar with like Comedy Bang Bang and like yes, Scott Ackerman? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Have you listened to his music show he's done? He's done a few no, different haven't. he did one, the original was called You Talking You Two to Me. Mm-hmm. And he does it with Adam Scott from like Parks and Rec, and, I love is, it. and they literally go through every record of U two. And U two is not a band I give a shit about at all. Right, but right. the way they do Which it is, is crazy. They do it; it's really funny, and it makes me appreciate it more. But it ends up getting back to the band eventually, 
and they end up meeting the band and having the band on the podcast and they're totally they're totally on board they're totally in on the jokes they make fun of everyone's names and they introduce themselves by those funny names when they're on the pod oh my Uh, god i gotta hear this oh it's it's amazing like they call (laughs) <laughs> they call you two get so much shit now, and I don't know why. Yeah, because they're like, actually yeah. really great. Yeah, they got ben- Bonobos babies, an incredible and Fedge and Adam Clay, two thousand pounds. It's it's so funny. <laughs> but the first thing, like b- uh, <laughs> the first thing Bono does is like draw a dick on a piece of paper and sign it, and like slide across, slide it across the table. <laughs> so it's like, Amazing. Like, it's Amazing. just this guy who's like, you know one of the biggest like philanthropists in the music industry and he's he's totally. just like drawing dicks on pieces of paper as a joke and i it's so funny and they did I another mean, one he's human does I he know. bleed yeah but yeah. they did one for rem too called are you talking rem re me and it's like similar deal it's very funny they did one for red hot chili peppers and that that one sucks but that's funny i no matter how much they make fun of like I can't get on board, but yeah, it's nice to see any musician or celebrity or, or somebody in the public eye be able to kind of uh, laugh at themselves and oh, have yeah. a good time and and come down a peg. And I think you see that more and more the longer somebody is in the business and yeah. they realize it's just not that big of a deal. There's not mm-hmm. as much posturing to be done. Also, it's like hard to um, posture for that long. Like exactly, you and, can't. And you, you can't. It's exhausting. You, you know, it's exhausting. Yeah, so but, I, I I hope that I get to go to uh, in a couple months here. I get to go to this thing called Rock Camp, okay. and so I'm excited oh, because I I, did you see that video? So I, I get did. to I get to jam with Kim Thale from Soundgarden. Oh my and, fucking god! And the DeLeo brothers from um from Stone Temple Pilots, and so oh I'm excited because these are guys that are older guys now. You know, yeah. there's no posturing left. There's no more. No. Gotta they don't have to prove jack shit. They're who they are, and so I can't wait to just be like sitting there having a beer. With Kim Thale and just be like, wow, this is fucking unbelievable. Right the now. first time I ever uh, used an alternate tuning on my guitar was to play a Soundgarden song. Of course, because I don't know what they were doing over there. They no. they were just literally like. <laughs> so. It's super unknown. I can't. I would love to go back and listen to Super Unknown for the first time over again. I don't think I've yeah. ever heard it. Like. Oh it's my great. God, Daniel! When I tell you, like, I, I, I didn't care about Bad Motor Finger. It was like it was like prior, yeah, to you know when I cared about it, yeah. and like it's just recorded in a way that I don't. I've, I, you know, I've I mean? never it, listened it to a whole Nirvana record. Which one? I, I've never listened to any of them all the way oh, through. Oh, you never heard any Nirvana records? I know the hits, but I've never oh, okay. listened to like Nevermind That's in full. That's insane. I, you know, oh. when you, it's a blind I'm, spot skip for me. Skip Nevermind. Skip Nevermind and go right to In Utero. In Utero. I was going to say that in too. In Utero is the most disgusting fucking totally. commercial record ever made. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. It sounds like they put Dave Grohl's drums in the Bat Cave <laughs> yeah. for the first track. I mean, no, second track for the do do kiku Didn't Albini record that? Yeah, it's Steve. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I actually, I, I took down some reactions that people in the in the the sphere had about Smashing Pumpkins getting big. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, Steve Albini compared them to Ario Speedwagon. Yeah, mm. and uh, Bob Mould called them the Grunge Monkeys. The Grunge Monkeys. Yeah, there was. <laughs> Look, there was a lot of people that didn't like the pumpkins when they were coming up in in uh, Chicago in that era. Apparently, 
there were some uh, politics of like the Metro and who's going to play when and what club. And it just got a lot of bad, like backbiting energy. And so from day one, they've just had their own peers and circles and stuff kind of, you know, gunning for them and being like, oh, you know, and there was the pavement feud between pavement and, is, and SP. And it's so silly. Which is so fucking dumb. It's so like, dumb. It's so dumb. I, I don't understand. Like, Stephen, be better. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? I'm, like it's such a it's such a pithy thing to it do. Wa- it was, and it was funny because back then I wouldn't listen to Pavement because I was a diehard. <laughs> right. So I was like, people be like, right. "Have you heard the new Pavement?" I was like, "Never." Nope. And like now, <laughs> but now, now I don't care. But right. But, but there was just you know. Uh, now you play Range Life just to like yeah. settle down. I mean that that's why I've never listened to Nirvana. Not until uh, not until they apologized to me. Yeah, they got to apologize. Yeah, to Dave Grohl, he knows what he did. He knows what he did. <laughs> he knows. Chad Channing, you know what you did. Uh, so, Daniel, what 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 what's your favorite Smashing Pumpkins song? Uh, you know, and you can't say a ukulele cover of "Sweet Sweet." So that, that I did want to touch on that because it is kind of funny. Um, I did the first time I heard "Sweet Sweet" was uh, it's it's like a, a weird acoustic slash ukulele cover, like unattributed. I can't actually. Yeah, I was gonna out. say I don't know know if I've ever heard that cover. Yeah, it literally only appears in this uh, skate video called Tilt Mode Army. Uh, the video is called Man Down from 2001, and I, I watched hmm. it. There was a really good oral history about the video that came out, and it has a bunch of like legendary skateboarders in it, uh, like Jerry uh, Jerry Sue, Lou Barletta, who like co-founded uh, Enjoy Skateboards, and it was just a bunch of like scumbags living in like a shitty punk skater house who like called themselves the tilt mode army and made like a really funny skate video but yeah. it has this literally like, dead in the middle i think that it's like 26 minutes into the video it's on youtube there's just this really weird I, I was playing it when you joined the call earlier for andrew and it's literally like a skate video set to like a ukulele acoustic cover of sweet sweet and i'm like what I the fuck is this song yeah you it's very to like it to me it's very like ghost mice yeah mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's really it's not a good cover it's like poorly performed no. but that's part but it's of also the, very it's very good yeah at the same time and yeah, then it has, it's, it's that moment in time that somebody captured and like i'm gonna put it right here in the yeah, video yeah. and it has right? it, and it's, and it's, set, it's like the worst skateboarding song of all time you know but i <laughs> sweet sweet yeah and i i was listening i found you know the smashing pumpkins version of it because i didn't even know it was a smashing pumpkin song until i did yeah, it's research. one minute long it's like a it's yeah. like a filler track almost and i uh i just something with it connected with me it was right around the time i was going through like a bad relationship and mm-hmm. i ended up putting it on a on a playlist that is kind of the soundtrack to a, a, a photo book i put out so like i've listened to that song specifically probably more than any smashing pumpkin song at this point just mm. by it being a part of this project and uh but yeah i think that uh is 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 definitely up there just because it's like this weird yeah like you said like unassuming little filler track especially after it comes after silver fuck right like yeah it's, it's, it's cr- really like, your tra- this transition from this nine minute rock epic yeah you have this transition and then you go into luna which is the most sweet beautiful, <sighs> beautiful love song. song yeah to close out a record on and it's just yeah it's just this really unique piece of music and it's pumpkins is so much a part of my life that my son's name is elliot and when he was a baby we would just go sweet sweet oh wow. sweet sweet little yeah, elliot it, and oh, we would wow, change yeah, the yeah. lyrics or it's him. literally so, I mean, a lullaby yeah 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 so uh but i mean i i might 
I mean, obviously, like "Disarm," I think might be my favorite song off this record. Mm-hmm. I think "Mayonnaise" yeah. is Which definitely I up there. Which I didn't know until I didn't know until listening to this that like they were trying to do the rock arrangement the whole time, and yeah. like this and was the first it. take. Oh. Or yeah, something. It was. It was. He was trying to do it like they were trying to do a full electric version, yeah. and then he was showing it to Butch playing on the acoustic, and the guy, and he was like, "Well, we're going to record it like this, yeah. obviously." And then that's where all the strings and stuff. Yeah, came I in. mean the strings and the bells, like they hit so, oh, so yeah. hard. So and, hard. Uh, so I, I think I really, really like that. But obviously, I like like tonight, tonight in like 1979. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the whole rest of that record can kind of fuck off <laughs> outside oh, of. Oh, you like, mean melancholy? Oh, get melancholy. Out of yeah. here. Melancholy is a, it. Melancholy. Is is a big big album and there's just too much like as someone who's like kind of like coming in at zero outside of the hits totally it there's so it's just like overwhelming in terms of there's just so much to get through if you bought that out i mean here's the thing if you if you time traveled back and you were 15 16 years old Mm -hmm. and you bought the album at midnight and you hit play on track one and you went all the way to the end and then you did that like 20 times yeah oh yeah then then it would read it would read like a book it would read like a story and so you wouldn't get to chapters and go what are we even doing here you'd be like well we have to go to tales of a scorched earth here because that's the only way we're going to get to you know what i mean yeah well it it becomes a part of the journey you don't need we only come out at night let's all be honest here he played it this latest tour on stage and it brought back memories, man. I'll tell you what. I don't know. It, it, well, let me tell you, I skipped it on the album back then. I would skip it back then because I'd be like, I'm not in the mood to hear this song. Right. But for some reason, you see it up on stage with the artwork behind him, and there, and and then everybody in the whole crowd starts going, "We only come out at night," and we yeah. all sing together. Oh, I guess and being in there. And yeah, so yeah. I suddenly, suddenly, like a wash came over me, and I was like, "I'll never skip this song again." <laughs> yeah. But- I um. Here's why that's a weird. Uh, we only come out at night, and like Stumbelina, Stum- and yeah. like there's some songs. Beautiful. And I was just like, and, 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 and the reason it's weird is because like where we get to my favorite Smashing Pumpkins song is that the, um, the airplane flies high box set has so many amazing songs on it. They're like, how did you might, so my favorite Smashing Pumpkins song is, um, set the rated Jerry. Oh, it's an excellent song. Has always been, it has all, all the vibes I want. It's like, so good. Uh, Jimmy's playing as quiet as you've ever heard a drummer play. Oh man. It's the the most amazing song. But like, when you listen, you know, how did, how did those songs not make the cut? Like how did, uh, you know, um, got said sadly should have been, you know, somehow on there. That would have been a great closing track, but I know. And I I hear you. It's the decision-making process to put an album together. You got flood in the room, you got conversations being had. And so what decision are you making in 1995 as to why you got to have this and not these Mm -hmm. ones from airplanes flying flies high that you go, this is a, this is a, really great song and it should be yeah, on the yeah. album so i don't know but it exists as it does now right it's like yeah, there sure. is no changing the order of melancholy and so there's a little bit of a it's like going back and watching a film that may have sucked or had a moment or a part in it but now it's it's there it exists and you can't escape it so now yeah. it's part of the process well, that's so. i think i think that's sort of my barrier of entry if i'm going to have a serious conversation about like you know, like Siamese Dream is is my favorite record of all time. Like, there's yeah. just there's nothing better than that. Um, and if I'm gonna have a conversation with somebody about the Smashing Pumpkins, generally, like that box set is like your barrier of entry with me. Yeah. Like, 
I don't know. So, Dan, I'm going to need you to leave the chat. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I wanted to get back just to touch on, uh, Jacob, what you said about the, like, that feeling, though, of, like, picking up the record at midnight and then, like, having that CD and just powering through it and just, like, that experience. And that's something we talk a lot about on this podcast about, like, it kind of doesn't exist anymore because right. of streaming services and just the access to everything all the time. and. Totally. Uh, you know, it's kind of the burden of choice now. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's the thing. Like, these records that we talk about a, a lot about on this podcast, and we have people on who talk about the same thing. It's like, this is a, one of the six CDs I had in my car. So yeah. I listen to it all the time because it's what I had. And mm-hmm. that's why I grew to love it. And I feel like there's a lot, it's a lot harder to grow to love an album now. Agreed. Because if it doesn't catch you, like, first or second listen, you just move on and then you never have to revisit it. You know, yeah, you, you, you now you could listen to any song at any point in time that you want. The moment it comes out, thanks to streaming and even VHS or DVD copies that you had of movies or albums, we had limited media. There's only yeah. so much you mm-hmm. could buy. Oh yeah. And so even if you were you paid Consumer. 18 bucks for a CD at FYE or something. You're going to listen to the fuck out of that You're going to get your money's right. worth. You're you going to get your money's worth, even if you didn't that, think it was that great at first. Yeah. You know That and like you can't just get on the internet and see what this person has done today. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there's... Yeah, yeah. That's like, yeah. That's the other thing we talk about. You're buying, you're buying records based on like what label put them out, like yeah. who did the artwork. Yeah. Uh, totally. The that there's so many and 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 you guys when we were talking about the the TikToks and making artists, you know, the, there's so much music in the world, and they say, why haven't you made a video about this, that, the other thing? You also realize you go, there was a time where depending on where you lived regionally. The stuff that's going to get to you is going to only be radio, Mm. MTV, college radio, Mm. word of mouth, maybe a zine if you're a skater and you're like Mm -hmm. hanging out at record stores. But it's not like I had access to know a lot of things that were out there that were coming from Canada or from the Pacific Northwest that weren't being played on MTV. So it was like really hard to even have that many choices available to you. So nowadays, if you're growing up in this time, and you hear a song and you kind of like one song, that's all you need, one song. You don't even have mm-hmm. to like all the albums. You put it in a playlist, you go on with your day. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, Which is, it kind of comes back to the era of like singles, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, there's a lot of musicians who like, uh, especially like hip hop uh, musicians and things now, it's like, Oh, they have a song, and then their album, like, oh, their full length's finally coming out. They've been they've been on the map for three years, yeah, and they might have put out yeah. a mixtape or something like that. But it's like, oh, they have like thirty features on other people's songs. They've never put out a proper LP, and yeah. it's like almost unnecessary. I mean, that's kind of how the the British music world worked for a long time. Yeah, they yeah. they almost always would just put out like singles were such a bigger thing than full records mm. in the UK, especially when I was like, you know, when we were growing up. <sighs> fucking wonderwall bro (laughs) (laughs) and uh but yeah i feel like i i don't even like seven inches that much like physically because uh, i've heard that about you you know (laughs) like a 12 inch or what can i say (laughs) it's it's less flipping you know foot long or go home you know yeah yeah Yeah. but you know it's it's you know by the time you get settled in it's time to flip the record again you know yeah it's true it's true which i I think yeah i love i love a 45 rpm lp though yeah, mm. love that. 
I think yeah. the reason I love this record so much is the tape deck that I used to play it when I was 12 years old or, you know, whatever, um, had like an auto flip. Ooh. So it did it for So you. I could just sit there. I could sleep with it. Oh. <laughs> the best. The best. Take me back. Yeah. The, the, um, we were talking about favorite pumpkin songs and I already mentioned that mayonnaise is probably the number mm. one, but, um, this album also is, it's the number one of the whole catalog. Now I right. would, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that I'm a, a Siamese dream purist only. Like I'll, I'll only listen to that. I'm not one of those people, but I, um, I do love this album more than anything else. And again, I think it has to do with the, the work behind the album, the tone of the album, and just the moment it struck me, just the time that it came in my life. Right. It was very, So do you very get important. out, do you get out at any, at the discography at any point? What do you mean? Like, is there at any point of the Smashing Pumpkins discography where you're like, okay, this is just, this isn't for me? Well, here's the funny thing is, is I would say that as I was in my thirties and I was, you know, getting older and having children, I was fine with just enjoying the music that I had been given thus far. Mm -hmm. And so when things like Oceania were coming out and monuments to an elegy and things like that, I was, I was not as laser focused in that chapter of my life of like, I've got to digest it. I've got to sit down. And, and because the musical landscape was shifting and how you even take in music. Sure. I wasn't spinning that one-on-one -on -one, like this, is the only thing playing in my car for two right. weeks straight. So you form such a much more casual relationship with those yeah. albums. Right. And so it's only been because of what's happened on TikTok, what's happened on for me on social media, that music has come back fuller than ever before. Not that it, I have ever dropped it for one second, mm -hmm. but my wife talked about, she met me when I was 19. She's like, all you ever did was talk about bands. <laughs> all yeah. you ever did was we'd be at a party and you'd be on some tangent tirade whatever about a band and just going on and on and on she's like i would come over and you'd make me another mix and you'd sit me down and you'd show me this she's like that's all you ever did and so she's like i think it's hilarious that here we are 20 years later because i did stand-up comedy acting filmmaking trying to make it in all these other arenas so i'm sitting there listening to my music but it's not a part of my day-to-day -day life. Sure. And so here I am 20 years later, and because I get to talk about it again, it's like I'm all of a sudden young again, and I'm, mm -hmm. I, my, my zest and passion for consuming music has been quadrupled to like a magnitude it's never been before, because I'm, now right. this is like what I enjoy to do as my, as my hobby, yeah. you know? So. Yeah, yeah it, all, it all comes back around. It all comes back around. That, it's really cool. It's it's very exciting. I mean that. I mean, it's why I like doing the podcast. I I get to listen to even stuff I don't like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And it's just it's nice to take in. Yeah, I'm one of those people. Like I'll find a record and I'll listen to it just over and over again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. right now, I'm I'm in a heavy Yankee Hotel Foxtrot thing. It's like nice. pretty much the only thing I listen to right now. Love it. Um, and then like something will come along that like is a palate cleanser before I move on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, I mean that it's that is what's so nice about the podcast. We talk about that a lot as well. It's just like yeah, like there's a mm -hmm. lot of stuff that like just flew under our radar at the time or was like. Yeah, Norm made us listen to Slayer. That was fucking. That was wonderful. so much fun. We had Norm <laughs> yeah. on from from Texas as a reason. Yes, yes. And he and I just recently he saw my video that I made about Texas, and then he commented uh, and shared it. I was like, <laughs> "This is another way that it's so yeah. insane." Yeah, so yeah, wild. yeah. And what a sweet. He, he's such sweet a sweetheart. Fella. It was yeah. it was so good. But 
So yeah, he played Slayer for you? Is yeah, that he, you he wanted, yeah, we yeah, talked yeah. about Slayer, Rain and Blood. And then he gave us like Amazing. a crash course on, he's like deeply researched in like the black metal scene. I love it. It's so cool. I would cool. never know that which about I him. Know, yeah, it, which it's I know a fantastic episode for that reason alone. Like he, I he need just, to go listen to this. You would never expect it. And he's so, like, he's he's reading books on it. He's doing he's doing the research. It's really cool. I love it. I think he was even like trans. Like, I don't know. It's crazy. He, <laughs> I'm gonna go listen. It's it's very unexpected, but it, it's fantastic. But yeah, and it's 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 those little things that are are so fun to learn about. You know, uh, I mean that was that was what was so cool when we talked about um, when we had uh, what's the face from the Get Up Kids on. Uh, <laughs> I I've called him Matt Pryor. Yeah, Matt I don't Pryor. Know what what's his face? But you know, he he talked about Dillinger Four. And it turns yeah. out, like, he was listening to Dillinger and Four while he was writing something to write home about. Like, you wow. would have never guessed that he was listening to, like, a yeah. straight-up punk band, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. And that was, like, part of his inspiration for that record. It's it's crazy. Wow. But uh, I got to say, do you guys have a least favorite song on this record? Oh, on, on Siamese Dream yeah. in particular? Sure. Sort of. I, I got to say, Hummer that oh get out of here hummer's like my maybe good second one. favorite that, song that intro takes me out love it yeah oh it's so good i love I, it i love it um because the dreamy ending the dreamy they, ending it, it is, picks is, back is, up for sure but that like yeah. weird it just feels like they're hitting the brakes it's it doesn't mm. quite fit i don't know what is making that kind of hip hoppy kind of sound to it <laughs> yo it was of the time though like yeah for better or worse i don't you know, know the drum my, when the drums kick in, it gets a little bit of a groove back into it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It it just feels weird. What's when's that come after? It sounds like in in it comes like that comes today. after today. Like yeah. it's yeah. such a you go Cherbrock quiet today then Hummer yeah it, it, and rock and then rock it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. oof. But it's yeah, just, I, don't know. I feel like one it, after the next. It's just a weird vibe coming after today. You I know? love I love the ending. It's a. Oh, man, that song is the, so good. The whole, the whole album start it to finish like- is so good, but I was going to say yeah. my one is probably today because oh, okay. it got played to death. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. so that's, that's, that's even that's even me saying it's my least liked, but I still like it. It's right, just It's course. just the one song that I was like, I've heard today enough in my life that if mm. it, I don't need to hear it because yeah. I know I know it backwards and forwards because that one was the one played 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 played. Mm-hmm. Um, every other song in the album I would choose before that one, but I would still choose today eventually. You know, mine. I think uh, I feel I feel so bad even saying it. I I I have been known to skip Space Boy. Yeah. Um. I think that sometimes rarely but sometimes by the end of this record i start to get a little fatigued and i'm like can yeah. we just end it already yeah silver um, fuck drains you silver fuck drains right. you it really does it's a big song and then so. tonight tonight just whisks you off to sleep you know tonight, oh you tonight. mean luna oh luna yeah luna yeah luna it does luna would put you it, i mean you leave silver fuck you go sweet sweet and then luna yeah i can understand why you had that tape deck and you just would be like Oh, yep. here we go. Here we go. Yep, yep. Yeah, Sweet Sweet puts the pins up and then Luna just takes yeah. them right down, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I think there was a period of my life where I would have said Quiet is my favorite song. Interesting. Like on the record. Yeah. Um and only after watching Viewphoria 
which I did last night again. It's fucking so good. It's so good. You, when you it's when like you GoPro watch, footage on that video, oh and you're like, you're like, do they even have GoPros back then? But they yeah. have them, like cameras mounted on the edges of the guitar, Fuck. and you're like, this is so cool. I've never seen this before. <laughs> when you watch Billy Corgan solo, he solos with like his entire yeah. body <laughs> in a way that is so not douchey. Yeah, I think that like it would be real easy to go real like yeah. you know. John Mayer. And he doesn't. Like, like, kind of like. Yeah, oh, like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get some yeah, yeah. Steve Vai mouth yeah, yeah, movements, yeah, right. you know? Like, he's like humping the yeah, air, yeah. but like. Oh. <laughs> oh, watching Steve Vai solo, like, while seated, like, kicking up the wingtips. Oh, man. Oh, man. Glorious. <laughs> Glorious. <laughs> oh, like, the only person I would, I would less like to see uh, solos, like, Brian Setzer. Brian Setzer. <laughs> yeah, oh, or yeah. Jason Mraz. It's still on it's site. A, yeah, you guys know <laughs> yeah. Jason Mraz. You're I'm, dead to me now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get you, chicken man. Get you. What an insane career that guy oh, had. Oh, man. Uh, my friend photographed one of his album covers <laughs> really yeah he yeah. lives around here i actually when we first connected i was like sweet maybe i'm gonna hang out with jason mraz and show up in a hat just like him pull up in the like, in the marazda remember that from the video <laughs> shut the fuck up in a Mazda where the logo was was rearranged to say marazda <sighs> that's so great that. It's so great. What a, all right, you're back. You're back in my good graces, Jason Mraz. You've, you've all right, that. all right. I forget. I can't. I can't stay mad at you, Jason Mraz. Just <laughs> follow me back. Follow me back. <laughs> I'll tag him in this in this post. Don't yeah, worry. just say Jake, Jacob was sad that he saw you go. Although he did one of those things when I saw it. Looks like he unfollowed everybody. You know what I mean? Oh. Like he did one of those like he did one of those social media moments where he was following probably a thousand people mm-hmm. and just decided mm-hmm. one day like that's it. I'm not following anybody. All so. right, you know yeah. what, Jason Mraz, back on the shit list. It's blood in, blood out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's blood and blood Yo, out. My man's my man's trying to keep a ratio. I get it. <laughs> I, mean, like, ratio. I would say at one point my like following thing bl- blossomed to like nine hundred, and I was like, I can't possibly care about all this. It's exactly, tough. it's tough. Exactly, Especially- I. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's pressure too. There's pressure, right? Like, like sure. when, it, as you go and you meet somebody and they've got a following and you've got a following and they're like, we'll, we'll follow each other. And you do it and you're like, eh, the stuff you make, I don't even really, I'm not right. even into it at all, but it's like, so you, if you want to name names, I'm ready. <laughs> well, I I'm, want, I want you to talk shit about that industry. So yeah. fucking bad. I know, about, I know about you TikTok can't, and TikTok, but like, or, yeah, I know you can't, but man, man, it just seems like such a, a place full of like insane fucking weirdos i mean i, I just followed you jacob i'm looking forward to that follow back oh, you know that's a courtesy. i can't wait to follow back all <laughs> the videos that you're making oh no um, videos at all that's uh, why well, I, then my, that's my number one rule i don't follow you back because you don't make anything i i make a lot of things i just i'm a oh, still really? pho- i'm a still photographer by yeah trade. but i meant i meant on tiktok I oh no TikTok. no i don't i don't have oh, a tiktok yeah. I, I oh, shot okay. a TikTok you, campaign and I made one just in case they wanted to tag me in it, which they didn't. But yeah, I actually uh, want to see. I want to see your photos. I want to follow your stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Instagram Absolutely. only over in here. In fact, this is great. I can't wait till we talk about our plugs. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you want to wrap it up? I feel like we could keep going for the I next know, two this is, fucking hours. We could, but, we could easily. But I, I, but I was gonna say there there are some weird aspects to. Being a social media creator, mm-hmm. I do not enjoy the word influencer at all. Um, but most of the people I'm meeting that are our age 
our peer group, they seem to be really wonderful. Like I've gotten some good friendships where we've gone and grabbed beers or seen a movie. Mm. And especially they live out this way. I've had some amazing crossovers. Um, I don't know if you guys have checked out Patrick Hicks music stories, but he's awesome. He does like kind of biography stuff. Um, Allison Hagendorf and I have gotten to be good friends and she's kind of, you know, was in the Spotify uh, group there for the longest time. And, um, uh, Tim David Kelly, who has this band called Kicking Harold, he and I have gotten to be buddies. And so there's like a, a lot of good people, but there is a really unusual um, influencer arena of people that that I don't want to be introduced to at all. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna stay I've, away from I've dealt with some of that world uh, and it's it's just it's a whole different world it's a whole different language and it yeah there is a weird like air of arrogance to it sometimes it's it's it's, and like as someone who's been in the photo industry for you know uh, over a decade well over a decade now like arrogance gets you nowhere it might get you somewhere in the short term but like like rallying behind each other is what keeps people going through the long run you know 100 percent 100 percent you know like i have a nice circle of other you know, photographers and creators that like, oh, I can't cover a job, but I can recommend you someone and it keeps the work inside your circle, you know, and it's yeah. a good way to navigate the world for sure is, 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 you know, building up each other instead of like trying to undercut everybody else. It, it gets yeah. nobody anywhere. Man. And that's our message for 2023. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Be a good Jacob, person. What, what do you have to plug? Um, I've got some exciting things on the horizon this year. Um, it looks like I'm going to be doing some, coverage for spin which is exciting um there are some tours that i think will be coming up this year that hopefully i'll get to do like some content you know always working to collaborate um i don't know if you guys have ever gotten a chance to but it's always worth mentioning i did make a movie once upon a time oh shit um it's a horror comedy and it's on amazon prime and every halloween i i pitch it and hawk it like crazy but it's i'm really proud of it it was a a group of friends and i we made an indie film it gets compared to like um Shaun of the Dead or Tucker, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. So it's a lot of Love blood, that. but it's okay. very silly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's called I Had a Bloody Good Time at House Harker. So it's a nice long title. <laughs> okay. So all Love you need that. to remember is the words House Harker, and you can find it on Amazon Prime. Amazing. And, uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It's 80 minutes. I highly recommend. It's a perfect time uh, for a horror movie. Some libations. There's a ton of blood. It's very silly. Um, but uh, I'm going to be putting out, if you can believe this, an album this summer i uh and we were just talking about um the point of putting out albums but because i am the age i am i'm like i want to do it that way so i'm gonna do it that way uh the last one i put out was in 2007 so as of last year it had been 15 years damn and i put it on spotify i decided to put it out their world and and people you know really were like oh this is this is great it's it's very singer songwritery but now I have the access to do drums, bass. You know, I have a lot more people in my life that would be like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll help you lay this down and make it sound really good. So I'm, my goal is to make something pretty ambitious so that if this is the last shot I get, it's the, it's the best thing I possibly could do. Oh, that's so awesome. I'm hoping and to Butch have a lot of it. Huh? And Butch Vig's doing Butch it. Butch Vig's doing it. And Jason <laughs> Mraz is bringing his Mraz. <laughs> <laughs> He's pulling up. Um, uh, Jay Dan, Chamberlain is you? drumming. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, yeah. yeah. Drop your drop your socials, too. Um, I'm at, so on TikTok, I'm the Jacob Givens. Somebody had beat me to Jacob Givens, so that's why it's the Jacob mm. Givens. 
Um, but on Instagram, I'm just Jacob Givens and Twitter, Jacob Givens, and you can pretty much find me everywhere. I've got a P.O. box if you want to send me a vinyl you want me to review or if you want, you know, any of that kind of stuff. I've got all those listed out there. So let Hell me know. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can follow me at Dan Bassini on Twitter and Instagram, danbassini.com. My latest book, No Infant Volume 9, I almost said 8, Volume 9 is out currently, and uh, Volume 8 is still available as well. Uh, so go check that awesome. out. And I just launched it as of press re- press time today. Uh, so go out Yay. there and follow. I started uh, Dan Bassini Archive on, uh, on Instagram, and I figured I was going through when I was at my parents' house, I found an old hard drive just full of like... So many old band photos I've taken over the years. Uh, that's if people didn't know how I got in the photography and how I know a lot of people that we talked to on this podcast. So if you like the bands that we talk about on this podcast, go follow Dan Bassini Archive on Instagram. And I'm going to be posting a ton of uh, old, you know, concert photos and things like that from uh, from like the eras of 2007 through like 2014. So that a lot of pop, awesome. A lot of pop punk, a lot of emo revival. A lot of metal, hardcore, things like that. So go check it out. I think it's like a large portion of my career that like a lot of people probably haven't seen at this point now that I've kind of established myself as a a working photographer in the commercial sphere. So uh, yeah, go give that a follow. It's brand new. I just put a pictures, uh, new pictures I took of Algernon Cadwallader, Friends of the Pod. So uh, go check that out. And uh, Andrew, what do you got to plug? Uh, unlike you selfish pieces of shit, I am going to talk about other people. Um, I, I knew we were talking to a content creator today and I wanted to plug one of my favorites right now. Uh, Kelsey, her, uh, her channel or her Instagram is the yellow button. Um, it is an amazing channel that, uh, oh, there's three L's in yellow, by the way. Um, but she makes this really great content uh, about new bands that I will would have never heard of. Um, uh, she also has a radio show, nice. um, and her her taste is immaculate. So, uh, so the yellow button. There's three L's in there, and also a new fireworks record came out. Ah, front of the pod. Uh, yeah, higher lonely power. It is. Uh, one of the most ambitious records by a band, like you can't even call them a pop punk band anymore. Like this awesome. record is absolutely unbelievable. So Kyle and the crew, uh, it's great. Uh, if you want to follow the pod, it's at run into the ground on Instagram, on Twitter, it's at run in the number two, the ground, um, you know, get out there and, and like, and subscribe, maybe like leave a review yeah hell yeah let's talk about yeah. dan say say how much you love dan yeah <laughs> people he love doesn't get it enough. how much they love me in the in the in the comments of uh love of the podcast which you know i'll take people it people love it i'll take it they know uh yeah i think that about wraps it up this is a fucking great episode that flew by Killer. holy shit yeah right <laughs> I, know we could, I felt like we could have easily talked another hour like no problem at yeah all. absolutely no well, well we'll save that for next time then you're, you're yeah. always welcome back but uh, I love it. Hell I'm yeah. honored you guys had me and sorry it took a minute. I know we, oh, uh, and, is, Andrew and I had been talking no, about it for a while. Been... This is a quick booking. Don't don't worry about it. This is yeah. good. And uh, I think <laughs> it's a fantastic way to start off the new year. So Yay. really good. We got some cool people in the pipeline too coming up. Uh, so everyone be sure to check out that. And uh, yeah, until next time, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye bye.